Greetings, Turok. I am Adon. The elders of the Lost Land, known as the Lazarus Concordance, have charged me with the task of guiding you on your quest to stop the Primogen. The Primogen seeks to destroy the five energy totems that keep him imprisoned within the wreckage of his lightship. If he succeeds in destroying all five energy totems, he will be freed, and the blast wave of temporal energy unleashed will destroy your universe. You must stop the Primogen, Turok. Protect the energy totems at all costs. You will also be given additional mission objectives as you venture deeper into each of the worlds that you must explore. The Port of Adia. This once peaceful coastal village has been utterly destroyed by the Dinosaur Army under the Primogen's command. In the hills surrounding the city, the battle wages on as stragglers are hunted down ruthlessly. The dinosaurs are genetically engineered dinosaur hybrids. They are utterly evil and very dangerous. Though they do the primogen's bidding, the dinosaurs have a more sinister and personal agenda of their own. To see humankind wiped from the face of the earth. Your mission objectives are as follows. Activate three distress beacons. Rescue four children. Activate the warp portals. Locate the energy totem and defend it at all costs. guy fucking turns everything off on me thanks darren no fucking heat in here nothing's turned on <clears throat> oh my god and then he just shuts it all down okay how's that oh sounds good to me how do i sound to you yeah good yeah cool all right hey do i have any uh buzzings or any uh hums on my side no actually it sounds really good Oh, that's awesome. I got an air conditioner running, and uh, I haven't tried doing that yet with my new microphone, so uh, I, don't have a, I don't have a good set of audio equipment here. I've got a, an old pair of wireless Sonys, and they kind of pick up a little hum from everything around, so <laughs> thanks. Yeah, no, I, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, so how you doing tonight, man? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm doing okay. I'm a little, I just got to get over this little uh, thing <laughs> Chill in the studio, the, uh... but yeah, was, I'm doing good, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. When he was on the podcast here last week, he, he said the same thing. He's like, how is he fucking dealing with this cord? He's like, I'm going to fucking get a new one. He's like, okay, I won't touch it. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a new computer, too, that this guy James gave us. And, and it's weird because all the external uh, outputs are, like, loose or something. Yeah, that happens sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, what happens, I mean, if it's a refurbished computer, I've had this happen on all my old cell phones and stuff where if people are hard with the ports or if they're shittily designed, they'll kind of bend. So I'll have to go in and actually go and, like, re-bend the housing of my USB ports or my uh, mini-USBs just to try to get them so they'll connect. Because I, I do a lot of construction work, so I always have, like, a uh, 
a little uh, MP3 player attached to my neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I beat the shit out of those things. So, I, yeah, I've had to many a time rebend them, and that, that's often what happens. Right. So you might want to, I don't know, that sounds crazy. <laughs> used to sometimes just go and, like, wedge a toothpick or something in behind so it could just add tension back. Oh, maybe that's a good idea, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, how about, how you doing? Good, good. I've actually, you guys have been having me, you know, with your uh, your looking to acquire a new Apple, having me jonesing significantly over GarageBand because I came here to uh, to set everything up for tonight. Couldn't get my mouse to work, so oh. I had to restart my computer, and I just done the same thing like last week. I'm like, okay, then I got the blue screen of death, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's the first time that's happened on this laptop. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. My laptop crashed like a couple years ago. And yeah, basically lost everything. And the problem is like I I didn't really lose data, but I lost all the programs and all the shit that I had on there, right? Like just the stuff that you don't even remember. Like I just realized I don't have all these programs anymore. Yeah, I I I learned the hard way and I've gotten smart. So I now have an external hard drive and I just manually back up everything that I want to keep. And then my really important stuff, I take, throw it on a, uh, a thumb drive, like really important photos, and then I back those up, throw them in a tin, and Jeez. then everything that's really important, then I just keep it also on the cloud so it backs up if it's, you know, not sensitive. That way, you know, I'm protected against, you know, EMF or, EM, you know, like uh, electromagnetic yeah. pulse. Yeah, just, yeah, like I just throw them in like an Altoids tin. Wow, that's really that, all you need to act as a Faraday cage. That's pretty uh, disciplined of you. Well... You know, I mean, not that it's going to matter because my computer will get fried and I won't be able to read them, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they'll be around for somebody to read. <laughs> well, but I, I at least do a, a three-tier. Yeah, that's good. Trying to protect my data. That way I don't get screwed again. Yeah. Yeah, I got to back up my computer again. I, after the last crash, I just haven't I haven't done it since then. It's just been, I don't know. Something happened with my uh, my hard drive, I think, my or my external one. So, yeah, I got to do that again. And then I lost all my Apple Music. That was really frustrating. Not all of it. Uh, yeah. Not all of it, and but then, I did the... Then, yeah, but they, they want to migrate you to the cloud. Oh. And, the ass. And, then, and, then, and then I actually physically can't anymore connect my phone to my iTunes and my PC and get music. It's, oh, they just took it away. Uh, yeah. See, and, and this is... I say I want to go to Apple, but I want to go to Apple for GarageBand just for how everything that I've seen people do and how it seems to work compared to trying to run like audacity or, you know, I, I guess I could go up to some more professional hardware, but uh, that's, you know, pie in the sky. Yeah. So Yeah. Unless you have the patience like Darren to fucking hack. Distress beacon activated. That, but well, I used to. I mean, I guess I I still have access to a studio that would give me full like when I went to broadcasting school. I have lifetime access to a studio, but I, I just don't fucking want to go there just to edit a podcast. You know? No, what I mean? no, like Studio One, like Darren Software that he uses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I know that. Yeah, no, no, I'm yeah. saying a studio like the same thing. Like, oh, right, yeah. Because they would they had in there. I'm going way back. They had like back to like '05. They had you know Avid running, so we could do video editing and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and. Yeah. Huh. Did you... Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Something happened there. 
I think that sound was on your end. Yeah, it was, and then you just—I thought you disappeared there. So, hmm. huh? What's going on? I gotta turn this off somehow. Yeah, I better turn that uh, dinger off. <coughs> It's Darren's old Mac here, so I <laughs> figure out how to turn the, the sound off. It should just be like a fucking button right there. Huh. You know, I was talking to Darren when he was on the show about the fact that I didn't even realize that you guys worked together. Yeah. Not until he was talking about it. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, you know, that kind of explains things where uh, you can kind of see, <laughs> like today, you know, <laughs> clearly you're already, you're already pretty upset, but it's great because I'm going, you know, well, he already had to work with them all day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. he's already, like, they're both already amped up. It's why it seems like they've been in the studio for six hours. <laughs> That's like, probably have. what it is, yeah. And actually, we we, like, we don't work in the same area but we have to deal with each other a lot like basically he kind yeah, of you're on the phone all the time yeah 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 and like a lot of fucking sort of technical stuff and customer service kind of stuff and like scheduling and all kinds of crap so that's cool yeah, yeah. I, certainly knowing that adds a an extra dynamic to the uh the grimerica show yeah <laughs> so it's kind of cool to know that so uh, so I texted Justin's uh, Skype address there. Oh. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't even read that with the whole kerfuffle. No, there. yeah, I it, just, it was kind of late. Fuck, and then just solace, and I'm like, well, he's fucking just upset and just typing a random number. <laughs> the spell check, my phone wouldn't <laughs> let me send that. Mm. Oh, now All right, ones. let's add somebody new here. Now, how do you know uh, Justine? Or is it, an un- is it enunciated Justine? Je- Justin. Justin? Je- Justin. Justin. Kind of like the jester, but Justin. Yeah, just actually just a friend from the show. Like it's uh, he's blog he blogs for us and he does the, our newsletter, and we just met. Like I don't I don't even know how we met <laughs> actually. <laughs> kind of through Micah maybe Micah Hanks or yeah. And uh, yeah, we just started, you know, talking, and he's helped. He's helped us out with the show and stuff. So, all right. I am a Skype noob, so I'm sitting here trying to add. Oh, no problem. Justine to it. Add people to this call. Well, that's certainly easy. Okay. Well, I've got a contact request sent, so as soon as I get a request back, I think I can uh, yeah. connect. Okay, it should happen. I think he's online. It should happen pretty quick here, so I'm mm-hmm. good. Cool. Yeah, so how do you, uh, how, how is it working with Darren? I mean, he seems like a pretty cool dude. Working with him? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. We we kind of make a lot of stuff happen, you know, so it's good. Like it's, um, yeah, we kind of just, yeah, make decisions and, and we, yeah, we work pretty good together. Now, did you guys meet at work? Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. So you met at work and what, what was your core interest that you kind of found together? Good. Yeah, I had to turn. I he, he just he's just popping in here to spy on me, and I I had to turn the mixer up, the one that you turned down, so I can actually hear Adam. Uh, hey, Darren, we're talking. Oh shit. yeah, right. <laughs> Get on there. Yeah, see, he's fucking testing me. He's doing it on purpose. So Darren's got it set up where he can just dial into the studio. Um, what do you mean by? That? Oh no, he's uh. It's in his garage, right? So he just comes in. He just puts. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought he just like like he went over to the mixer and turned something up, and there's Darren. Like, hey, no, no, no. He walked <laughs> What's in. What's going on? <laughs> Looking at you in from his window garage. That's cool. He says uh, he accepted. I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we built this fucking thing in his garage so we don't have to go in his house all the time. So it's pretty handy. And uh, he just walks out, walks out, comes in here. and Now, is it a, a big trek for you to travel to his place? or is it? Yeah, it's kind of like, like uh, 25 minutes maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, maybe half hour depending on traffic or whatever. Sometimes 20 minutes. Like it depends, but... Gentlemen. So it's actually close to our work. So I have to commute to work and then I commute to the studio. We have a visitor, Mr. Garam. G-Ram. G-Ram. <laughs> I like that. Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I like your uh, picture here on the uh, <laughs> Skype, mister. Everyone says that. I mean, I'm glad I put it up there. You know, I'm pretty sure that this is the original. <laughs> it, it it's wasn't a easy photo to find for people it. listening. It's a, a picture of Sasquatch riding a Nessie, the classic uh, submarine cardboard cutout photo. No, oh, you're already wor- you're already recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when you called in and it said this call is being recorded? Oh, that, I thought that was I don't know, just some typical note or something. Yeah, no. I like this this way yeah. for the podcast, like just real organic, just kind of yeah. join a conversation. Yeah, it's very Radio Mysterioso. Is it? You know, I it, I just, uh, when I talked to Red Pill Junkie last night, he uh, he he hammered into my head the need to uh, to go listen to Greg Bishop. So it's on my list to go and add him to my, uh, my list of podcasts I listen to weekly. Yeah, it'll totally resonate with you. It's very similar to... What we what we chat about and just the style as well, like just sort of, I don't know, very open minded and uh, I think it's open minded and and casual. I think so. I, in fact, that's what what I what inspired me to do this was your show specifically, Darren, fucking just pestering me to do it, and listening to you know shows like the Joe Rogan Experience, you know, just open format, you know, raw people talking, no editing, just you know. You feel like you're joining a conversation, so yeah. Figured I wanted to actually, you know, make something that I enjoy listening to. Yeah, I think there's something about it that's resonating with people. The 
it's sort of truer than the, all the fakeness that's out there. Like even just mainstream radio with the and TV, it's just also fake, right? So at least uh, this is kind of more. Well, we, we've spent a lot. We spent a lot of time with. Yeah, we spent a lot of time in the entertainment that we've got going of really, really faking it up to the point that, you know, the so-called reality TV is, you know, more fake than <laughs> than, you know, the 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 written shows. Yeah. How you doing, Justin? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Excited. I've been uh, listening to a few of the, the episodes you have out so I can mentally prepare myself. Hopefully oh. I'll have something to contribute. Well, I hope you've enjoyed them. I have. A lot of rambling, a lot of ums, a lot of ahs, <laughs> hey, like a lot you of said, shitty editing. Organic, man, organic. <laughs> you'll you'll uh, you'll contribute. You always do, Justin. Aw, shucks, Graham. <laughs> Let me know if my microphone is too sensitive. It's new. It's the first time I've used it during a recording, so I've noticed it picks up on everything. Huh. No, actually, we're getting a good. Uh, we're getting. A, I'm at least getting a good clean read on your voice. I can hear you. I don't hear any background, at least. Perfect. Well, the family's out of the house. That's probably why. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I thought you already had yeah. a pretty good mic there, Justin. You weren't happy with it. No, well, I the one I used was my um, just from my headphones, just from some Skull Candies, and oh, oh wow, I, I have trimmed my beard since then, but uh, Darren made a comment last time I recorded with you guys. Is that your beard? And sure enough, it probably was. So I have trimmed it since then, but I invested in some uh, cheap eBay microphone audio equipment. Nice. I went the big route over here because I used to have a little snowflake mic, and I sold it because I never thought I'd use it again, and I bought one on eBay, and it kind of died within... The first time I used it, so I went and bought another blue one, and the coolest thing about it I found, and you, everybody will be hearing it soon, is it's actually, it's got a recording thing where you can change the omni, you know, or, you know, multi-directional signaling of it, so you can do for voice straight in front of you, or you can do ambient for a room if you have, like, three or four people, so if I have a friend over here, I don't have to have a separate microphone for him, we can use the same mic, and then thirdly, it's got a setting for doing, like, close-up acoustics, so you can take it and put it right in front of a speaker. So I can now take sounds from video games and stuff and different uh, Piezo equipment and uh, port it in. So Oh, that's opportunity for some awesome sound bites. I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm already gearing up to uh, fire up Vigilante 8 Second Offense on the 64. Oh, I just dusted off my 64 the other day, and sure enough, it still works. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I found it in a box, dusted it off, plugged it in. It looks like crap on my HD TV. So fortunately, I have some older TVs downstairs that. It oh, looks good just for fine, you. But. Yep, I have a a, a third or thirteen or fourteen. No, it's a fifteen inch actually. It's a fifteen inch cathode ray. T- what the fuck am I saying? I'm so confused with TV. It's a nineteen inch. <laughs> it, it's a it's a nineteen inch TV, but cathode ray, man, it's the only way that you can play Duck Hunt. True story. True story. Yeah, I'm I'm always amazed at that old technology when we get today when you you consider that Nintendo created a system where the game was actually reading the patterns of lines being projected on the screen and where they were being at. You know, incredibly advanced technology for the 80s. Oh, I thought we were in the future back then. Fucking power glove. <laughs> oh god, the power glove. I never had the opportunity to use one. <clears throat> Neither did I. 
Although, and, and I was always weary because I've, I've wanted to, like, get one on eBay. But anytime I think about it, I'm going, kids masturbating, <laughs> like, you know, cockroaches. What, that what? is a very logical way to think about that when purchasing a power glove on eBay. Yeah, but, you know, in, in, in a world where I, I win the lotto, I will definitely be picking up a, uh, a Robbie the Robot, a vintage, you know, power glove in the box, a, a virtual boy. God, I've never played one, and I want to so bad. But aside from that, I have every other Nintendo system sans the U, so. I have been looking at uh, some Game Boys on eBay, just uh, just for nostalgic reasons. I have yet to uh, pull the trigger and buy one yet. So, now that we're going to completely geek out, and I hope we don't lose you, <laughs> the one thing that I loved as a child was the, the Game Boy version of Tetris, but one thing I've learned since I've been an adult and started doing things like getting back into those games is if you play Tetris on the Nintendo, you actually have more lines at the top, so you have shortened lines because of the size screen that they were stuck with on the the display for the Game Boy. So if you play it on that, it's even harder. Well, that's that's quite an observation. I don't think I ever would have noticed that. See, you guys are way. I'm sort of past your generation, I think. <clears throat> Last how, time I played, how old are you? Uh, Forty-five. Um, okay, yeah. So you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're. I'm um, what thirty-three. So. So yeah, the, for the last games I was playing was like in the early '90s because you know it was pretty addicting for me. But I. So remember, what was the last? What was the last big addicted game you were? Probably Sim City or something like that. Uh, uh, wait, I love uh, Sim City. Uh, Sim City or like Sim City two thousand. No. Sim City three thousand one. No, like the original. Like. Oh, see, yeah, uh, I got you. No, I, I don't. I, that's just what comes to mind, but I don't know. But I mean, we used to play that little Nintendo thing with the, the where you had the pad on the floor and you stomp your feet to do track and field and you do the triple oh, jump yeah. and all that kind of stuff. See, Graham, your spirit is so young, we forget your age. That's right. I don't jump man junior and. No, and and dude, you went yeah, because I would have never guessed that from meeting you. You look very young, but you do a lot of yoga and work out. He works out, so. Well, I just try. I just yeah, I try to keep healthy, man, because it's fuck sucks getting old. Dude, I just uh, started a ketogenic diet. Well, I was just going to talk to you about that. I want to. I'm, I'm fucking right on right on board with that. I, I started after listening to the Joe Rogan Experience because fucking Joe's on it now, and fucking best thing I've ever done. I love it. I'm stuck. I ain't going back. I would be intrigued you, to hear more about this. How long have you been on it for? Uh, the 5th. I started on the... No, I started on the 10th. I started on the 10th of last month. So almost a month now. And wow. about about nine days after that, when I started, I went hardcore. So for that for that first like week and then four days before that, I was doing um, like salad dressing like regular salad dressing, but since then I haven't done any additional sugar except for uh, natural fruits additional and, you know, minor amounts or like uh, maple syrup added to like some keef or uh, honey. Yeah. And, oh, or like an 85% chocolate bar. But yeah, dude, it's everything they say about your your uh, your mental clarity. Uh, I My tone down, I dropped, I was already, so... Since you're interested, I'll, I'll, I'll start where I started. I When I started this, I had started, uh, or should say stopped eating breads and sugars, like uh, Slurpees, because I was getting a fucking Slurpee once or twice a day. So I weaned all that out, and yeah, it was bad. 
so and, and I got so I got myself down to about like 158, 157 pounds. Jesus. And then as soon as I started the ketogenic diet, I started dropping a pound a day. Yeah, that's what and, uh, I just heard a pound a day today. Somebody told me a pound a day. That's what it did. Yeah. yeah. So I'm now at 146 pounds. Wow. I just fucking dropped. And the last time I went on a diet was like four or five years ago to try to go on a diet. And I got myself down to 140, but I had to take in 1,300 calories a day, and that was eating things like SpaghettiOs and car, you know, just yeah, carbs yeah, and yeah, you know, shit, yeah. which is fucking hard. And I, I plateaued at like 150, and so I boosted my calorie intake up to 1,600, and then I started losing weight again. But And that was a fucking – then I had to maintain it. I was only eating like 1,400 or 1,500 calories a day. So now I'm down to 146, and you know I'm eating – giant salads, you know. How many calories do you think you're eating a day? Ooh, I'm eating a lot less. Um, I'm eating a lot less calories. I'm probably eating anywhere between, and this is more than you should probably, uh, anywhere between a quarter and a half pound of meat and, you know, probably anywhere between two and four eggs a day for my protein. How many, cal- so how many like calories a, do you think you're eating? I'm not counting. I'm not yeah. counting calories. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's so, more than you were on your last diet? Like no. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's more than I was on my last diet, but it's much less than I was eating normally before. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when I was yeah, on a full, yeah. when I was on a full carb diet, I was eating a lot more, and I was eating all the time. So now, like, um, you know, I won't have breakfast, or I'll skip lunch, or you know, breakfast I'll just have like you know, like an egg or two, or you know, a handful of nuts. So it's really it's really changed in the fact that like I just I don't feel the need to eat every, you know, 5 to 9 hours. So wow, so do you go into sort of uh hmm, uh the intermittent fasting and stuff then? So do you have the coffee in the morning with the butter like that'll get you through to lunch so you haven't sort of eaten anything like your body hasn't hasn't had to process anything for like say 16 18 hours or something like that? I haven't and I've thought about doing it. I've my problem with coffee is I get incredibly addicted to it, so I'll drink. I'll just drink it, and I've got premature heart palpitations that seem to pop up when I do doses of heavy caffeine. Yeah. So I, it's one of those like like I'm drinking coffee right now just because I'm so tired. So I'm trying to keep it to once or twice a week. So uh, the the true answer is I want to do that, and I want to do it with uh, decaffeinated coffee. But to buy cheap decaffeinated coffee that's safe is pretty much impossible because the chemicals they use and all the cheap stuff is pretty nasty. Huh. So, so yeah, I haven't started that yet, but it's 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 on my list. I'm only I'm three days to a month in. So. That's good though. That's really good. I mean, I'm totally addicted to sugar and carbs. Like I, I cut off carbs the other the other uh, when was it? Just around Christmas, so a couple months ago, and I probably lost about ten pounds in the end. I've gained some of that back. And it's really all I did is I cut, cut carbs out from after three o'clock. So like basically I wouldn't have any carb snacks at night or or nothing for dinner, for That's carbs. And that was fairly easy easier than I thought it would be. And uh, and I felt really I felt better. I felt more balanced. I felt like my energy was better. Um, but it, but taking that step to what you're doing it seems very daunting to me. Like well, I, I at the time I feel like I need to prepare meals and to, like I just I'm running around. Have you ever been a Have you ever been a smoker? Yeah. Like like cigarettes? Yeah, How man, did, I've fucking broken so many addictions, it's ridiculous. Like, So with me, I'm very impulsive when it comes to things. So I just kind of, like, I listened to it enough. I decided that I was going to, I've been trying to eat healthy for a long time because I honestly, it, health, 
this would be healthy. A healthy meal to me would have been a pork chop and craft macaroni and cheese. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, uh, a month and a half ago. Yeah. So this is like a huge, huge step in the uh, uh, a new direction. But I was very impulsive. So I just I made the decision. And part that part of it that really helped me is that I found this uh, thing. It's called My Organic Food Club. And they deliver a box of organic vegetables every other week for 60 bucks. So you just for me, it's easy because now I have all the fresh vegetables, all the fresh food. It's delivered to my doorstep. I can eat everything out of there. And I can tell the guy, you know, because I'm on a ketogenic diet, like, yeah, I don't, you know, don't give me bananas or, you know, you know, give me more carrots. And then I just picked up a uh, a blender, like a, a vegetable blender here. So it, for me, it, it, it was very daunting, but a lot of it was just structuring things around me so that I didn't have to go to the supermarket and walk down all the aisles trying to pick out all the healthy food and then see the candy bars. I can just, okay, here's a box of healthy vegetables. You have to eat it. And for me, it literally had to be a start. So I stopped with breads and I quit those for like a month and a half. And then I stopped. I started doing – I cut down on the Slurpees and started doing those every other day. And then I cut cold on those. And then I stopped doing all sugars. And during this time, I was also cutting out preservatives on packages. So it was also cutting out some processed food. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of ramping up to this. Yeah. Because if I had just tried to do it cold turkey or just like full on, that would have been – really, really difficult. And then I think, well, just to finish up before I forget, what I think the really important thing that that everybody says helps, and I think it helped me, is MCT oil. Because there's something about the transition of going from a glucose diet to ketosis, that ketogenic diet, that your brain, that some people get headaches or, you know, like a, a mental fatigue, And so to prevent that, if you take MCT, the medium triglycerides, they actually help your brain create the ketones while it's transitioning over to making its own. And that's what they tell you to add to the the bulletproof coffee or whatever mixes is, you know, that – MCT with yeah. butter. Yeah, I have a I have a, a bottle of that at home. So I I do do that every morning in my coffee. I put. Uh, That's good. You got to be careful and start off slow with that. The first time I like just like I do everything, I fucking go overboard and I put too much of that and and my stomach was killing me. So you got to go was like that, super slow. Is that your problem with drugs? Yeah, yeah, and was alcohol. That? Like I I quit alcohol and drugs like eight years ago. So none of that. Then smoking shortly thereafter. And that was my. That's my problem. I've always been that way, like with cat. I've gotten a lot better on it now as I'm getting older and kind of being able to restrict myself mentally. Yeah. But I used to have a problem where I would go full out. Like it wouldn't just be a cup of coffee. It would be 10 cups of coffee. Yeah. It would be, yeah. You know, it wouldn't just be a pack of cigarettes. It's going to be two packs of cigarettes. And if I'm really stressed out and staying up late, it's going to be four. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And, and it really just, I mean... Part of the key to that is mindfulness. It's just when it comes to stuff like, like let's say, food and sex, for example, it's a little bit harder because you, you know, you kind of need it. To, uh, it's more of a primal kind of thing that you need. And, and sugar's just everywhere, right? Like I was just listening to this podcast today, and the sugar, and the you know the what is it the corn the cornstarch uh, what is that called the corn syrup stuff uh, high high fructose, high fructose corn syrup yeah like it's just it's or in, like, they call it different things they everything call it, like, yeah. They call it corn syrup now or corn sugar in the United States. I think they've got a bunch of different names to try to mask it. Yeah, to try and fucking fool everybody. So, so you don't you don't eat any any carbs then, like any bread, any sugar, 
No, and so what I'm trying to do now, because, I mean, at, I, I kind of started off clunky into this, because one of the neat things is that it's not like you have to eat so many calories, yeah. and it makes sense that, you know, you, our fucking ancestors didn't eat so many calories. You eat what, ate what you had when you had it, and the real important part is that ma- you know, macro and micronutrient value that's there. You know, and if you want to build muscle mass, you need to eat more protein and stuff, but your body will adjust and fluctuate in between. So I haven't been doing that, but I know that I might be able to. Part of the problem is I haven't started testing my ketones yet, so I don't know exactly right, right, you know right. how far I'm in ketosis, when I'm in ketosis, and eventually I want to be very very strict here now for like maybe sixty ninety days, get my body in a full transitional yeah. state, yeah. and then start bouncing myself back, trying how much of this can I have, how much yeah. of that can I have, and you know how does it make me feel? Go full overboard. How long does it take me to bounce back? I want to experiment with all that, but yeah. right now I'm concentrating on that baseline. So, 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 do you have? So, you do have some carbs now, then, and some, but you don't have bread. But do you have some carbs then? As far as carbs, I get all my carbs from my vegetables. I right, stopped right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Okay, so, so you get you, but, you have your complex carbs, but no simple carbs, basically. I guess so. Yeah, yeah no, no starchy potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Now I'm still I'm still getting uh, sugar, which can contribute to carbs. Or if you eat too much uh, protein, it will get converted to glucose, which then obviously becomes a sugar. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So, but so these are the things like what I'm taught. So what they recommend is for the average person. These are all you know ballparks because you know everybody's different. Um, but for the average you know active individual, if you have between fifty and six less than fifty and sixty. Uh, grams of sugar a day, your body will stay out of ketosis. That's assuming that you then have a like a 60% um, protein, 30% fat diet, and then, you know, vegetables intermixed in that. And then I think you need to have less than, I, I forget how many carbohydrates it is a day, but the point being that um, in order for you to get the amount of carbohydrates you would need to kick you out of ketosis from eating vegetables, you'd have to eat something like two kilos of broccoli. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't really do it. At, at least according to Rhonda Patrick. So, yeah, yeah that's fascinating. So, I listen to that yeah, her, and it's just mind blowing what she talks oh, so you, about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, listening and yeah, listen, I've learned about it all from from the JRE experience yeah. and all the fighters that have talked about it, and Eddie Bravo and. Yeah, it once the hardest thing I thought about it was going to be able to the restrictions and like what I've noticed now is going out to dinner while I can pretty much go most places it is incredibly challenging. Yeah. Cuz like I went out to Park Avenue Grill and luckily I was able to get a burger without the bun which was just basically, you know, um onions, cheese, you know, a piece of meat you know, and uh, like mushrooms, you know, grilled up on top and, you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's tough. Um, what was I going to say about the carbs? So w- the thing I noticed when I cut my carbs out after in, after the afternoon was my meat intake went way up. Like I was just trying to eat less meat, but then I found that what I was doing and, and not necessarily – it was just the easiest thing for me to do is I'd start replacing carbs with meat, right? So I'd eat more meat because I wasn't eating as much carbs, which is, you know, fine. Well, that but makes I mean, sense So, because if you're eating like two pounds of meat, then it would convert to glucose and then you'd eventually be getting that sugar dose back in your system. Although it wouldn't be a that, – now that's the thing too. It's better to do it through meat than it is to do it through a sugar dose because you're not getting that, that, that uh, huge insulin spike. 
it's 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 a much slower transition. Yeah. And so that's what I was saying. Like, even though I'm restricting myself on the meats, so let's say eight more meat than that. Well, if I eat me more me, more meat than that, then it's just going to kick my body out of ketosis for X amount of time, and that might be hours, you know, days. Or, or it may not. I, I mean, it may not even like uh, you know. Or or it may not even. Yeah. Because you might. And, I mean, you might need to have so much meat to do that. Like, I mean, who knows when it switches, right. switches over. And, and a lot of people, what they'll do is they will um, eat their carbs before they go to bed because they'll know that when they eat a carb, it'll knock them out of ketosis for like, say, eight hours. And a lot of people also sleep when they have a little bit of carb or sugar before they go to bed. So they'll take that, and then by the time they wake up, their body's already back into a, a ketogenic state, and they're ready to go. Huh. So, I mean, the most amazing thing, just even thinking about this diet, it's just that your body really isn't designed to work and operate in one way. It's made to operate in a whole bunch of ways, and you get to choose how you operate. And the sad thing is, is we've been conditioned that fat is bad and sugar, not that it's really good, but that it's not as bad as, as, as the, it really is, right? So when I go to the I, doctor, yeah. you know, my cholesterol level is like just at the top of the scale and I can see him humming and hawing and it's like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do anything. Like I'll clean up my diet a little bit, but it's not necessarily that bad. And I could tell the doctor was uncomfortable even bringing up the cholesterol thing. Like, cause I think they're starting to know now that this, and I heard this. You know, and it could be a conspiracy. I'm not saying it's true, but when they went to re- redo the, the cholesterol levels standards after doing a bunch of tests on people, people weren't weren't meeting the levels that they thought, so they brought the thing down instead of like actually bringing the level up. They brought it down so that most people still have high cholesterol. That's pretty indicative of our government. I mean, they did the same thing with um, Roundup. Uh, whatever the chemical composition of it is here, when the EPA tested farms across the country, mm-hmm. they found that the levels um, exceeded what was the national safe standard, which I believe was an arbitrary number that had been put in place because they really didn't have enough data for safe testing. But it was exceedingly above that on most farms, so they raised the standard of safety instead of actually shutting down something like three-quarters of the farms in America. Wow. Yeah, and hey, uh, talking about um, fucking doctors and cholesterol, you want to know another one that's fucked up. I learned this from my chiropractor buddy. Um, the standard that they use for determining your blood pressure is an old standard that is based on 18-year-old men. <laughs> yeah, that somehow that doesn't surprise it doesn't take, me. It doesn't take into account gender, ethnicity, Family history, age, you know, nothing. But yet it is still the standard that we use to judge everybody uh, whether or not their blood pressure is safe. Hmm. And, of course, then you dose out drugs based on that. And sadly, those drugs are usually based on naturally occurring plant compounds that, of course, in synthetic form have massive side effects. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think, Justin? That sounds about right. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, it's I'm funny. not surprised at all that uh, that something as archaic as uh, the old standard for blood pressure we still use today. Uh, I think they're supposed to like update, you know, medical standards like every four years, and yet that somehow still gets used today, and we base everything off of it. Who's updating the standards is the real question. Yeah. 
you know, it, you just have to look at the uh, the companies that are involved in the early chemochemicals and a lot of the, you know, early medicines that were put in, you know, and you just, you, you know, a lot of those medicines are good, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's synthetically derived compound manufacturing is so much different than, you know, flower picking. And it's lucrative. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, that's inspiring. I gotta, I'm going to really, I've been really thinking about just getting like to the next level of health, like really cutting, just cutting sugar out, cutting carbs out, basically going for the, I've been thinking about doing the ketosis thing, but... But uh, well, not, not, I'm not sure if I could go full bore or just doing like just doing a little bit of, at a time here. But I really do want to reach a level where I'm just not even fucking eating sugar at all. Like, how are you with cheese? Do you eat a lot of cheese? Uh, no, I'm pretty good with it. I like okay. it, but I don't love it. It's because they they found now that cheese, uh, like a lot of real cheeses, when they convert in your body, the casein um, actually gets converted into opiates. Wow. So people that are heavily addicted to cheese, which is funny, I, 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 I caught wind of this on the JRE because um, apparently Anthony Bourdain used to be a heroin addict, yeah. and he is a mad cheeseaholic. Wow. Fuck. Cutting cheese out of my diet has been the hardest part of my diet. Really? I believe yeah, it. It is. I mean, uh, I love cheese so much, but yeah, I've, I've probably, yeah, probably started my diet right around the same time you did, Adam. It's not the same diet by any means is mainly just calorie counting but uh yeah cutting cheese was uh that's and, a tough and one. still hard so you know cutting sugar out too like like my morning creamer for my coffee it's that i mean once i did though i i really started to see you know more results um just sticking with you know non-fat milk does it i guess but it's it's not <laughs> what i'm used to but yeah, that the, my morning creamer and my cheese have been two of the hardest parts about wow. about this diet I'm on. But I have lost what 15 pounds now in like oh, wow. In wow. three weeks. That's pretty wow. good. Yeah, that's holy pretty, shit, that's really good. <laughs> that's um, crazy. Eh? My my caloric intake is probably a little extremely low for for most people, and I, I, it isn't. I didn't think about it when I first started until uh, I started doing more research on it, and I realized it was really low for what is recommended. But I seem to be able to to be doing it, and I maintain it right now. So yeah, the only thing that you might find, and that's what I did before when I cut down to like I was actually doing like twelve and thirteen, but it it was at the low threshold for me, and I was pretty active at work, so I plateaued which meant that I was really taking it too hard because my body's like, you ain't fucking losing anything else. You're, you're dying. <laughs> yeah, then it'll, it'll start storing shit, right? It'll, it'll, yeah, because it'll, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you're on a carb diet, that's exactly what your body does. It starts storing energy reserves. Well, right now my cooler intake is, is roughly between nine to 1,200 a day. Holy wow. fuck. Are yeah, you, are I you, know. I tell people that, your, and they always say that too. How's your energy levels? I feel, I feel better. I feel yeah. more energetic. I mean, yeah. I, I sit most of my job. I'm, I mean, I get out and I do heavy lifting, and I'll, I'll, I'll. That's another thing too, is because I'm in a forklift all day long, and so most of that's just sitting down. So when I do yeah. get a chance, I'll walk to the break room for lunch, or I'll, I'll jog over there to go grab whatever, you know. And I think that that has helped me out more. But I, I know sitting down for most of my day had a lot to do with it, too, because once I got this job full-time, the pounds just started adding on. Yeah, the, the honestly, the best diet advice, you know, if somebody's strictly going to go on a diet is just eat less, move more. 
Because if you do that, you will lose weight. Agreed. I mean, I mean, unless you've got that weird genetic condition that, you know, just causes you to, to store it. Well, so far, so good. So we'll, we'll see how much longer until I plateau, and then I'll have to try something else. Yeah, well, you know, uh, to you, Graham, on the sugar thing, you know, you say you don't, you might not be able to, and it's tough. Because I, I believe when they say that sugar is, is harder than heroin, I, I've only got nicotine to compare it to. Yeah. And, it, and it's, 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 whew, it's there, man. <laughs> so, you know, but if you can beat all those other hard things, man, you can take sugar too. Oh yeah. I think so I it's think just I another challenge. Just like I, like I love maple syrup on fucking pancakes. That's Canadian. I have thing. a couple, I have a couple, uh, <laughs> and I put honey in my coffee. So like, I even feel like honey's good, but I, but I do too much of that. Right. Like I have too much coffee with too much honey. So you wouldn't even have to stop. So let's say that you knock yourself out of ketosis for, you know, a day after, you know, go heavy on sugars. Well, you could go heavy on sugars two or three times a week and still, you know, have a really good body because for that other time, you're still operating in a much more healthy, clean state. Yeah. And then, and then what they talk about, it's, it's like you talked about the intermittent fasting. You could even do intermittent fasting once a month at like, you know, 72 hours, which, you know, increases, you know, the, the, the beneficial compounds in your brain by something like 20-fold as opposed to, you know, just like 11-fold. Right, right. No, I, so but I mean, you I, could be boosting yourself. Yeah, I just – I don't even want to – like starting to learn about how bad sugar really is. Like it's a fucking poison. Like, and, uh, and I'm not talking about obviously good sugars and natural fruit and stuff like that. Or, but Well, in, a, in abundance they are too. I yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll put on weight with that as well. But, but um, it's uh, – I just want to, I feel like I just need to do like, like I had to do with other shit is abstinence, right? It's basically just cut it right out. And it's, and it's at least it's, it's a poison and it would be better and I'll be way healthier without any, you know, refined sugar. The, the, the real shit thing that they do is you, you know how uh, minerally uh, deficient all of our, our crops are nowadays sugar, like whenever I did use sugar and, and I, I still have uh turbinado sugar. Um, when they take, when you get like white sugar, they've refined it and they take all the minerals out. And very often when people are mineral deficient, they'll crave sweets because a lot of sweet things have uh, a lot of trace minerals, magnesium, zincs, and things in them, a yeah. lot of your sweet vegetables. So you now have people that are already in a minerally deprived, you know, state craving sweet things and they take the minerals out of refined sugar and they sell it to supplement companies so that they can wow. sell it back to people as, you know, like, so, like magnesium and zinc. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a fucked system. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Something's got to give eh? It's one of those things that just, you know, I got to be careful. I don't get, when I think about that, when I think about the big pharma, when I think about the military industrial complex, when I think about the banking system, it's hard. Those are like the three for me that it's hard not to get not depressed but like you know i can i can focus on that or i can focus on myself and and healthy things in my personal life but it's hard man because like you know especially on the show we talk about all kinds of stuff and i like to learn about all the stuff but those things are daunting so you believe though that you affect everything in the world around you and everybody's connected right yeah i do well, yeah yeah, so we can turn the ship around. <clears throat> little, little, little things add up. Yeah, yeah. 
it's just uh it's one of those things like i i have to be careful how much i focus on that the bigger well, the bigger negative stuff i will mention this i've mentioned it on the last three podcasts so i'm going to do it very briefly but this it's it's still been riding in my mind it was the math experiment where they do with the coin flip did you see this mr graham uh i think i heard darren talking about it i'm not sure yeah real in a nutshell if I flipped a coin, you got a 50-50 chance of being heads tails. Yeah. If I then flip a coin again and the ta- the coin had landed on tails, the chances of me flipping a coin that lands on tails again is 65%. And that's a statistic that runs through, you know, millions of iterations of coin flips. So, when they took and applied that same number to prime numbers, they found that same relation to it. And, you know, the the mindset that I, I've been thinking in lately is, you know, the, the idea that everything is fractal and you can kind of, you know, look at the macro to look at the micro. You know, they can kind of look at the swirl of a DNA and, you know, see that it's the same as, you know, like a galaxy spinning or a tornado. You know, all these things connect that maybe in the same way, you know, overall, this same mathematical principle can apply to life where that those like we don't understand that fundamental principle of that math that we're missing. We thought we did. But now now statistics is out the fucking window. Because you have this this relationship that shouldn't exist that does. Well, what if life's the same way? Because now, fucking today, yeah, you read the fucking news and it's shit. It's bad. It's worse. It, it, and it's we got a fifty fifty percent chance of the life being fucked up or good. But tomorrow there might be a coin flip. There might be that sixty five percent chance of going in a positive direction. No, I I never heard about that before, just from Darren. But I mean, I wonder if I wonder if it's the way. <laughs> this might sound silly. If it's the way the coins grab, like if it's tails and I grab it and reflip it. No, maybe it it's isn't got something because to do with that. they the the way that they um re, uh, did this experiment was in a computer, and the computer does digital coin flips. So it's basically just randomly flipping a coin, and those coin flips, you know. When they run them out, statistically, you can see the statistics. And it doesn't get closer to 50 as you go further down the line? Because you'd think that the more flips you do, it's going to end up being close to 50, right? No, it, no right. No, it just has a 65% oh. chance. So the rule, oh. so, so if you're at the roulette table, really, it's, just, it's, it's always better to go with the last fucking no, – the last color. Well, I don't – see, I don't know how those numbers relate because it, it's weird because technically if you flip a coin – it's a 50-50% chance, and you can measure that 50-50. Right then and there, it's 50. But then the next coin flip, the chances are different. So there's something about the relationship between those two flips that we don't understand that changes the statistics. It's weird. It's fucked up. I want somebody to explain it because it's one of those things that's just popped up, and the the cool part about it, and because you get these things, because if it was just with the coin flips, that would be fucking weird. And you, I could maybe go, I, I don't know what's going on, but maybe there's some weird aberration here. But when they did it to prime numbers, they found that, you know, if you the prime number ended in like a one, it would have like a 65% chance of being followed up by a number nine or something like that. Instead of being just a completely random number, you know, the relationship of another number following it up had a slightly higher chance. And then that chance was... I don't know. I'm rambling on. I've talked way too much about that. Everybody's going to fucking be pissed when they listen. It's just fucking three hours of fractals and coin flips. Prime numbers and coin flips again. I'm going to kill myself, man. (laughs) Was there a a time limit on, like, from when you initially flipped a coin 
to when it went back to 50% or is it like the first coin you ever flip from there from then on out it's a 65% chance of one one well, or the I, other well i i think it's no matter what when you're just flipping one coin it's always 50% chance right okay because it can only be one or the other but if it, if it's every time the time right after that flip would still be 50-50 but you're but you're saying it's 65% right after yeah, so it doesn't. So, so where, where, like, it didn't, it didn't mention or it didn't mention. It was just on consent. That's a good point, though. Now, the the way that I, 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 I shouldn't say I proved it to myself because it, you can't prove it in a scientific way. But if you just sit with a coin and you flip it in the air and you kind of measure what should be a fifty percent chance, you'll see a propensity of it to go towards the last flip. Yeah, the last flip. That it keeps going on, so it's it's just one of those odd things that just keeps happening. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd certainly like to see somebody explain it. No, but it well, makes you wonder if consciousness or intention are involved, right? I, I that's where I, I, I go so. too. Like, where I'm getting is when we start getting into these really niche and uh, uh, weird little parts of science that aren't making sense. You know, the corners of quantum mechanics. I think what we're really getting down to is we're starting to drill into. Maybe not the components of the computer, but, you know, uh, uh, bits and pieces of the operating system or the code. We're starting to see, you know, bits of machinery, something. We're, we're seeing underneath the surface in a way. So we don't understand what we're looking at, I think, is really what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, what's your, what, what, what's your uh, gut feeling on reality, Graham? Oh, man. That's a pretty loaded question. I, I feel like uh, we have no idea right now, and I think that when we figure it out a little bit more, a lot of these other mysteries are going to come come a little closer to, you know, like knowing what's going on. I'll but ask I, a more loaded question. I feel, I, feel, I feel like reality, I'll just try and say yeah. a little bit. I feel like internally there's a lot of these Eastern principles that – that makes sense. Like internally, like my reality really is the way I perceive things. Like I can change my reality by the way I perceive things. Right. So my reality is one thing, but the reality is something else. I mean, but, but I'm connected to that reality as well. So consciousness plays a big part in it. I don't know. That's kind of lame and vague, but no, that makes sense to me. I'll ask the second really loaded question though. What's your gut feeling tell you about when you're going to die? Do you think you'll know the answer? Um, like right before it happens or like – Hey, when you well die. Advanced. No, no. When you die, like, when you're done. When, like when, the, when, the second when, of death, moment of death, you, you think that that will click? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm, I'm just – yeah, I'm asking like what you think is – like, what's your gut feeling? I mean, my gut feeling, my feeling has always been since I've been little that things just go on forever. I've never really been a worrier of death. It's just, I've just kind of felt that things go on. So, I feel like I wouldn't be scared. I, I might be, but I feel like I wouldn't be scared because I, I agree with you. Like, I think there's enough evidence out there that there's probably is an afterlife. I'm not saying there is for sure, but I think we just move on. I think we... Whether it's reincarnating or whether you go somewhere else or whatever, I don't think at the end is uh, is there like you know how people talk about uh, near death experiences and they're like, well, they you know they didn't die and they didn't go and come back. Like I kind of think, well, they could have died and they could have come back. Like that's maybe where they went. 
Or like, have you have you had a out of body experience or a, a near death experience? No. Yes. You have. I I have what I feel is a near death experience, and I think I might even mention this uh, on a Grimerica show. Um, but when I was younger, a uh, person who will be who will remain nameless uh, was I was under their care, and I was being a young typical me. Uh, basically a little hellion. And uh, although it's no excuse, um, I did or said something rather frustrating. I don't recall what it was, but my head was then proceeded to be banged against a, a couch corner, and uh, the edge of the corner was exposed, and it was a two-by-four. Uh, it hit Ooh. me squarely on the temple, and I was wow. out. And from what I'm told after I woke up, I was out for about five minutes, and they thought they had lost me. Um, when they were telling me this, I wasn't hearing it because I was I was thinking about what I had just experienced, and what it was was terrifying. It, wow. it's, it's one of those dark NDEs that you don't often hear about. And what I remember is suddenly being in a dark alley, dimly lit, couple street lights in the distance. And I was walking down this cold, damp, dark alley, and a little bit down the ways, I saw a man. And he was in a trench coat, and he had a fedora-type hat on. And it wasn't implied that he was the devil, let alone inherently evil but I felt terror coming from him. And I knew that if I continue down this path, it's, it's this oh, real deep metaphor, but if I continue down this path, that's where I was headed, was to him. And uh, I woke up. I woke up, and uh, there's a lot of crying tears. You know, thank God I'm back, but uh, that all that was lost on me at the time because I was just petrified about what I just saw. How old were you? Um, did you? How old was I? Uh, if I had to guess, I would say nine, eleven-ish, maybe nine you to know, eleven. You know what comes to mind? I wonder if it needed to scare you to go back. Like if if you if you what if what if you would have saw, you know, the light and you would have experienced like the oneness and some spiritual being, maybe you wouldn't have gone back. I like that theory. I would much rather think about that than think about what I saw. If, if I can you? look at it in that light, that that makes me happier, Graham. Thank you for giving me that. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it, what you needed to survive, right? Go, go ahead, Adam. I was going to ask if um, if you'd seen the movie Wake Up, Justin or uh, Justine. Justin. But I like Justine better. <laughs> Justine. Oh no! I, oh, I haven't heard that one before, G Ram. <laughs> only, only the entirety of all my siblings have called me. Uh, no, I have not seen it. I'll recommend it because it seems kind of in line. It, it's it's about a guy who um, starts suffering what I would call um, uh, incredible synesthesia, in which he starts seeing angels and demons. So Red Pill turned me on to it. It was a eh, pretty impactful. I, I I came out of watching it really believing the guy. So it was called Awake. 
Wake Up? Uh, it's called Wake Up. Wake is that an up. animated thing or no? No, no. It's on. Nope. It's on Netflix. It, it just follows a guy over three years as he tries to. It, it, it's really it's powerful. He he goes to different religions. So he goes to like Buddhist monks and he goes to you know uh, Catholics and and he just talks to him to try to figure out what's going on because. Everybody thinks he's crazy, but he's like, I'm, I'm seeing demons. Oh, I've seen that, I think, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Oh, that really sounds, good. sounds good. Hmm. But, see, even, even with that, even with that experience, I don't know what will happen when I die. Um, I've come close to death on a couple occasions. I've, I've almost drowned. Um twice that I can think of and I remember thinking that's it this is it well that was stupid I guess I'm dead <laughs> and I've, I've pulled through you know but the last time I gave up I was it was we were rafting down the river and genius us tied the the tubes together so we'd all stay together and be easier to pass beers back and forth logically um, what we didn't think is once we hit rapids, that rope is very yeah. easily it can it can grab a hold of you, and that's what happened. I went under and I felt the the rope tighten around my wrist, and I had water pouring down on me. I was submerged, but I could feel the force of the water pushing me down, and I could not get that rope to let go. And I at right as I was like, that's it, I give up. And it released. And I got up, and I saw everyone but one person. Um, we waited around five minutes, screaming her name, and then she popped up. Oh. And we swam out, we got to her, and she later said that I was holding on to that rope because I knew that if I let go, I wouldn't be able to make it. But she did let go. And if, had she not had let go... I probably wouldn't be here right now. Wow. Yeah. Man, it's similar to all those stories you hear about, like, as soon as you give up, as soon as you let go, it, it, it like, it, it something happens and it releases. Yeah, it was, I, had, I had let go of, of hope of, of making it to the surface. And that's when she let go. Adam, <laughs> I let go. you hear that buzzing there, Adam? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that on my end, too. Was, Somebody I, got a cell phone near something? I hear it. Sounds fucking creepy. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't think it's me. Those MIBs are fucking listening in. What the hell is that? That's what it sounds like. All right. Here we go. Thanks, NSA. Wow, Justin, that's quite the story, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Now, when you uh, do, you think that 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 hitting your head like that has had any long-term effects on you? Um, by that time, I had already been exposed to what I would say paranormal events. So spiritually, no. I don't think – at the time, it might have because at the time, after I had uh, you know time to, to think about it, I, I convinced myself that it was the devil, and it was it was the Lord's way of of telling me to to straighten out and and live a, a moral, upstanding life. 
as I grew up, I came to terms that that's probably not what happened. Um, right. So it did affect me for a while. I'd say, you know, my my adolescent teen, early teen years. Um, as of now, I I still think about it occasionally, um, but I it might have affected me in looking more toward what happens when you die and being more interested in that. Um, but with that being said, I, I have looked into it and I still have no idea. And I think that's why I find it so fascinating that we don't know. And there's so many theories on what happens, but you don't know until it happens. Isn't that the beautiful thing about life? That's just it. Until the end, you don't know. Until the end, you don't know. And like I said, there's been a couple of times I thought I was going to find out, but fortunately I did it. Do you uh, ever, do you have synesthesia? I don't. Or do you have any? Okay. Not that I don't think I've ever experienced, you know, any lapse of synesthesia at all. Um, I have psychic only powers? recently been aware of it. No, <laughs> no psychic powers. Well, I think I've had a, a few, uh, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, precognitive? Yeah, precognitive uh, dreams a couple times, uh, moments. Uh, of just knowing what's about to happen, not necessarily mm-hmm. deja vu, uh, you know, and it's like little useless things, um, not so much knowing, like, oh, you got a song in your head and here it comes on the radio. That happens, but those aren't those profound moments that are like, wow, I, I just thought that that was going to happen. Um, example, uh, not to get too, uh, too uh, R-rated, but I was sitting on the toilet. And I don't know why. Something's going to happen. I thought to You know, myself, normally when I'm sitting on a toilet, it's not R-rated. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I just don't want the listeners <laughs> to picture me pantless, but now it's out there. So I'm sitting on the toilet, and I don't know why, but I thought a spider's going to crawl out right in between my legs. A huge uh. spider's going to crawl out right in between my legs. And I looked, nothing. A minute goes by, I look down, there's a giant spider in between my legs. <laughs> And I didn't freak out because I, I knew it was going to happen. I just calmly reached over to the toilet paper and I squished him and away he went. Maybe you knew because in another life you were that spider. Ah, oh, wow, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I dated a girl um, who, when she was a teenager, she um, she wanted to get out of school, so she faked being sick. She put, like, did the classic, like, uh, heated up the thermometer, you know, and blanched her face to make herself look real sick. Well, she ended up, like, after she got out of school the next day, getting scarlet fever. She was one of, like, three or four kids in the entire United States to practice that. Year. I guess that is that. It comes and it goes. I hope it's not my, my cheap microphone. It's like, it's like something's dialing. It's like something's dialing there. Hmm. It does sound yeah, like something are. like old, old dial yeah, tone. Old. The, the old, well, not dial tone, uh, rotary. Yeah, the rotary. I, do have a, I have a blind neighbor, so I don't know if I would get any feedback on that. I was getting feedback earlier from an LED light that I had plugged in. Now, see, I, I am talking like my Skype connection is through my cell phone right now. Oh, cool. Um,. Oh, may, you know, maybe it could be something like that where it's getting a little crossover. Uh, it, uh, it could be. 
as possible. I, I hope I'm not the cause. I apologize in advance nah, to anyone who's annoying. It just adds flavor. Uh, just remember, this is an organic podcast, so just <laughs> organic go techno. with the punches, <laughs> go with the flow. So you're, you know what it is? It's the AI. It, it, it's starting to express itself through <laughs> terrible dubstep. The 65% <laughs> chance. Yeah. <laughs> 65% chance it's AI expressing <laughs> so, itself through dubstep. <laughs> So, so Justin, how do you how do you have your mic plugged into your phone then? Um, or is so your phone just a is your I phone bought, just a hotspot? No, I uh, I bought a splicer. So yeah. basically, it's it's a regular plug that plugs into my phone where my microphone would go, uh-huh. and then I have a plug that splices out into my headphones and one for my microphone. Is your headphone a USB headphone like? No, no, nope. It's um, it's the uh, XLR. 35 millimeter normal Whoa. headphones. Huh. Yep, I Perfect. found a couple couple splitters on eBay. Bought those as well. Thank you, China. And uh, microphone, I think also from China. My mic stand, Taiwan maybe. And my <laughs> uh, microphone condenser, somewhere else in Eastern Asia. But, yeah, as long as I sound good, hopefully that feedback's not me, like I said. But this is the first time I've been able to use it. I know if I touch the mic stand, you guys would probably be able to hear it. Did you hear that? Nope. No, it's pretty Awesome, good. awesome. You might hear it, you know, when you play it back. But the springs in there, because I tested it out, uh, just calling my fiance. She can hear it every, you know, she's like, I can hear that. Right. So, so I'm glad you guys can't hear it, though. This is I'm testing in the field. Nice. So what's your thought on reality, Adam? My thought? Uh, honestly, I think we are living in a fractal. And I think that there's probably something to do with um, the nature of reality being representative of positions within the fractal. In other words, the idea that uh, anything and everything is possible and can be possible is probably true just based on from where you're at. So that's kind of how I look at things. It sounds very broad, but um, it kind of incorporates the idea that, you know, simulation theory would fit in, you know, uh, consciousness, you know, creating your own reality. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you, have you listened to or followed Nassim Harriman stuff? He talks about a hollow fractal graphic. That's what he's his sort of no. his term is. Yeah, you'd, you'd, I think you'd like I'm that. I'm writing that down, though. Yeah. I like that term already. What's his name? N- Nassim Harriman. N-A-S-S-I-M. In fact, the the guy we had on who we're going to be doing an intro for tonight after this show is Jamie Janover. He's kind of like his spokesman or his... Um, Did he write a book on molecular consciousness? I don't... No, I don't think so. He, Nassim has is, is founded the Resonance Project. So um, the Hollow Fractal and the Resonance Project. Yeah, Hollow Fractal Graphic. It's pretty mind-blowing shit. It's really deep. But he's a bit yeah. of a mystic, too, so so it kind of... Well, I know. mean, I think it kind of explains everything and, you know, kind of, you know, just the idea that we always see these things reflected over and over. We see fashions come and go. We, you know, we, we see humans acting in the same type of ways. You know, you, you start looking at, you know, the possibility of the expanding Earth theory or just the way things are. You know, I almost think that, you know, everything is endless. And if if we're part of this and like we talked about on the um, uh, the, the podcast that I talked about with um, uh, Red here, 
Um, there's apparently a Dream app that's been developed that people have been inputting their information into yeah. that is showing results that people in mass um, are dreaming the same dreams on the same nights. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of explains these things. So when you start seeing synchronicities, these are all just representative of what we're living in. And, you know, the idea that, you know, everything comes from your imagination and you can be whatever you want, I kind of think that could be true. I mean... Just in the idea that changing your diet changes the way your body operates, changing your thoughts changes what we do, the you know, the environment that you're in changes your physical body, which influences evolution. You know, so all those things are coming from our thoughts, you know, the the way that we sit in front of a computer, the drugs we put in our bodies, the hormones we take, the foods we eat, the chemicals we're exposed to, you know. I, so, I mean, it's almost like we are we are we our consciousness is evolving in a physical manifestation and i and i think that manifestation can be literally an infinite possibility that's what i think's going on doesn't make any sense well said i'm just going to say hollow fractal graphic i like that better <laughs> that sounds way cooler <laughs> now i just need a cool name like Nis- nissan herman N- N- maximilian loyal that's my new name <laughs> Hmm. Well, I think we're all just brains in in vats. Oh, you do, eh? Oh, yeah. Can't prove that we're not. (laughs) Be cool if you could prove we were. (laughs) But see, it would just be yourself that could prove that you're the brain in the vat. Because if I was a brain in a vat, then you're a figment of my imagination. I can't prove that you exist. I can't prove anyone exists. I can't prove that anything's real if I'm just a figment of my uh, own brain trying to deal with the fact that I'm a brain of fat. <laughs> yeah. So isn't it, isn't it amazing that, you know, the, 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 the worry in life is that everything might end and never go on. And if that happened, it would never fucking matter because you'd never be aware of it anyways. <laughs> That's very yeah. true. That's a good point. But but, I, but it has to go on, so. Well, I mean, if we started paying attention to that evidence as a culture, as a society, I think we would realize that there really is. I mean, uh, how many, all the ancient cultures have talked about this. <clears throat> they all believe in it. It's just us in the Western culture that don't believe in it. And if we start paying attention to that evidence a little bit more and accepting that it might be a possibility, I think that would change the way we do treat each other. Absolutely. You know, if we do realize we're all connected and we and we we might move on to something else when we die, that would change. We live, we live in a world that if we all decided to just start loving each other, we could do anything. We could stop asteroids. We could stop hunger. We could stop pollution. We could fix the problems of the world. We could advance nanotechnology to start cleaning, cleaning up toxins and things like that. We could do anything. We could be fucking Star Trek the next generation plus a thousand. Yeah. And especially if we were to understand, you know uh, – and this is what we talked about the other night, the idea that these things like apps are now proving states of consciousness maybe, that we had to have this you know, technology that can break us apart and you know, to bring us back together just to show us what we already knew. And I wonder that if there's something, to, if, if consciousness is this you know, manifested reality, that when we all start to understand that same belief and no, if everybody understands they have that power – Maybe that's when things really start to change, you know, instead of just mucking along because everybody's in disagreement with the millions of people on the earth. 
Yeah, the challenge is, is that with this technology, we're also becoming more polarized, though. Because I, I agree with you that a certain percentage, maybe it's like a, there's a tipping point, right, where a certain percentage of us, um, you know, once we reach that loving, compassionate state, maybe sort of a, it sort of spreads quickly or something like that. Just like, a, you know, a, what is a 50, 51%? As soon as 51% of the deer start drinking water from the lake, everybody joins like mm-hmm. it's some or the hunter of... monkey syndrome yeah yeah exactly and um you know the problem is is with the with the internet and the way we are now the studies show that we just cherry pick the data to conform to our worldview and we become more polarized like i thought we'd all be coming towards this middle ground of truth but really the opposite is happening well imagine that you could plug into a machine that would project your dreams or record them and you needed nothing else but to go on one night and record your dream and watch it or remember it and then go online and watch other people's dreams. And what if all those other people are having your same dream? You would instantly know that you are connected to those other people. You know, so it's things like that that really are going to change the world. Why the hell would you stab your fellow man in the back if you're sharing experiences together in your sleep? You know? Yeah. So I, those are the things that, that, like, I think can really change. Because, you know, yeah, I can go to church and I can be told what the right thing to do is. But, you know, seeing is believing. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, – So uh, indeed. Yes. <laughs> so uh, um. I wanted to ask you, Graham, about um, some of the back scene stuff on your guys' show because I really enjoy the um, the uh, the banter that you guys have. And Darren was telling me that you guys had talked – because I, I haven't gone and listened to a whole bunch of the back episodes, but that like you had originally started off like you know with much longer conversations, shorter interviews with guests and – You've kind of bounced it back to where you're going to 15 minutes, and now you guys are kind of pushing it longer. I was kind of wondering, like, where, where, like, where your idea of where the show's going here in the future is. Uh, hmm. I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's just uh, organic, and it should just keep going the way it's going, and just sort of going with the flow, really. Like, I, I don't really have, and and it's it's sad because my belief system says I probably should have a goal and a vision and it would, I, I can make it happen, but it's also just sort of fun doing what we're doing and and not really worrying about what the end goal is, just continuing on, like having great conversations and having listeners support the show and being able to, you know, basically cover our expenses, which are more than we thought they would be, and then just, just sort of continuing on with um, just chatting with cool people. That's cool. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we don't really talk about. I mean, obviously, that you know, you'd like to get more, more of a listener base. But I mean, we're 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 both pretty happy with the way things have gone, and we're not um, taking that for granted at all. So I, you know, I, I also don't want to get greedy. I mean, I don't, I think there's still a potential for growth in in the podcast. Area, but oh, I think sure. you guys are going to continue to grow as long as you keep. I mean, you're going to get better because you keep doing it regularly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty regular thing. I mean, I guess I guess where I'd like it to go is maybe to eventually just get help scheduling, and it's a it's a challenge. Time time wise, like I only have so much time to research yeah. uh, 
I try and have balance in my life with physical fitness and, and um, we have to work a lot and, and, you know, just booking people for the show and reading up and researching for those people. And then there's the stuff that I'm really interested in. There's a few topics that I'd really like to get deeper into. So I think continuing on and doing the stuff that we like to do and we're interested in and people seem to be resonating with it. I mean, I guess that's kind of all I can say really. Well, I mean, if you're, if your listenership continues to grow, I mean, you're just going to get more and more support to do what you love doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're on the right path. When you uh, when you do interviews and you're asking questions, what's your what's your mindset? Are you trying to like interview for the audience, or are you trying to interview for you? Uh, a bit of both, I think. I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I I've had experiences where I prepped too much. And I felt weird about it because I knew exactly, like I knew all the answers and it was somebody that just has their shtick or whatever. Yeah. And I was so interested in the topic that I over prepped and then I felt really, um, anti, everything felt anticlimactic and I felt like I did a terrible job and that, um, that it wasn't interesting for the listeners or, or I felt like I wasn't interested. So I do need to keep a bit of freshness and to be genuinely asking questions. So, so I think I ask, ask them really for myself probably. Well, that's good because I, I, I was, as I was trying to give like – and who am I to give con, you know, uh, constructive criticism? But at least in my enjoy, enjoyment aspect, I, I – you know, if – let's say there's a guest that I'm really interested in. I'll just throw out Mr. Nick Redfern because he writes a book every two weeks. Yeah. You know? he, he goes on a podcast and I listen to him and he's, you know, he's promoting his book. Well, just about any podcast I listen to, I'm probably going to get about the same story. And I've heard – Nick on probably a dozen podcasts, you know, over the years anyways. So, you know, or at least in speakings and different things. So you, you kind of hear the same things over and it's not bad, but so when it comes to a podcast, like you guys, the, the information I really appreciate, it's like when you talk to Superman about, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, how, you know, his, his influences in music or things like that. Like that's the stuff that really interests me. The, the questions that I'm not going to hear on another, uh, a podcast, the, the, the real in-depth stuff, you know, because, fuck, if I want to know about his book, I can listen to the Paracast or I can go, uh, you know, buy the book, you know, but, man, I, I, I want to know about the person. And you, uh, Hello? Yeah, yeah. You still there? What were you saying there? I lost you. Oh, just that uh, I really like like the dynamic that you guys have with that. You do a good job of it. Yeah, because I think that's what I'm interested in, too, is, is not so much the content, which is part of it, but also the person and how it's affected his life and how he came – or he or she or whatever came across, you know, all that sort of that personal aspect of it interests me sometimes more than the. It, it interests me. Like yeah. when I listen to the Joe Rogan experience, and and I'm I've been doing a completionist. I'm I'm up to like 283. So the things that I've fallen in love with and the people I've fallen in love with, it's it's the stories of the people. It's them. It's it's not the content. You know, listen, you're telling dick and fart jokes, and and I'm falling in love with the person behind the voice. You know. Yeah, but having said that, you know, uh, uh, everybody's a teacher, so uh, you you do learn things. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, not like it's wait, it's not just noise in. And ironically enough, I've had people, quite a few people, say, "Oh, and you know, you guys asked the questions that I wanted to ask, so so maybe um, not being afraid to go off base and ask those questions, maybe that's what people want to hear." I think people are mostly interested in whatever you're going to be interested in because that's what the show started off as, mm -hmm. you know, 
and and this is actually something that I've been and this is my main my main drive in doing this podcast and it's straight from Joe Rogan and it's the idea that in his stand up that he finally realized that if I think something's funny that's all I need to know because if I think it's funny that means other people are going to think it's funny I don't need to run it by anybody else or think about them it's what I enjoy so I'm starting to approach things from the standpoint of like what do I fucking like to do what do I enjoy what what I do that and I'm trying to do that with the podcast so, I mean, I think you guys have been doing that with yours, but sometimes you can feel that, like, it almost feels like it's it's a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it is. I mean, it can't always be that. But, I mean, I think for the most part, that's exactly what it is. And I've actually realized that same thing, like having people, you know, meeting people online and talking to people and, and you know, getting feedback from listeners and I've realized that, oh, yeah, like people are interested in the stuff that I'm interested in. Like just because there's most people in my personal life, I can't really, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't resonate with them. But there are a bunch of other people out there that are sort of thinking the same way. Well, I'm going to sound like a fucking groupie here, but I, I'm huge into the UFC, but I was never into fighting before I started listening to the Joe Rogan experience. But he talked so passionately about it and so in depth and detail, and it made I, I just started getting really into it. And now I'm a fucking addict. Huh. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, your passions can rub up on other people. They can be important, you know, and not even that, you know, just because your passion doesn't, you know, directly interest somebody, it doesn't mean that they're not going to find a connection or something that, you know, uh, they draw correlation to in their life. Yeah. And, and the other side of it for me was also not just my passion, but also wanting to talk about some of these topics that are, you know, used to be taboo to talk about them openly in a, in a non-judgmental way and, and, and actually just to open, maybe um, help, help create that openness and that platform for, you know, discussion and, and maybe people, you know, thinking about things that they might not have thought of already. Like it's, I, you know, I think that there's a, a schizophrenic part to our society where our academia and our institutions and all the skeptics say that, uh, you know, reality is this way, but people's personal experience don't match that. And we're all, we all know people who've had, you know, crazy shit happen, unexplainable experiences, whether it's, you know, lucid dreams or psychedelics or NDEs like Justin was talking about or Bigfoot or UFO sightings or, or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, you trust these people, you love them. They've had these and yet it's not really accepted in society yet. So I, I think I wanted to be a part of that, that change. Maybe you are, but even, you definitely but even, influenced me, but even JRE is just very, very, you know, he's, he's, he flips, like I've got a love hate relationship with that because he flips back and forth a little bit. Sometimes I feel like he's open-minded and sometimes he's, you know, he's a bit too ridiculely for me about people who have seen UFOs or he's still just not on board. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it can be a bit frustrating still as well. You know, yeah, I complete, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, he's, he's a very galvanizing figure when it comes to that stuff, but it's a perspective I definitely like hearing because, I mean, you can't live in the love and light crowd all day long and, you know, expect to see the, the real view. Yeah. And he's still not, he's still not on the far edge of, of the skeptics. No. no, fuck no. Yeah. I mean, the guy does psychedelics and thinks that, you know, there is a uh, an underlying, you know, reality that he is in control of. I mean, I've listened to enough of him to hear him talk about, you know, 
that he really thinks that what he's just gotten really good at in life is figuring out how to manifest a wave of success. Make something happen and ride it. He's just gotten really good at figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my big thing for, for listening to him. because Well, and it's kind of dumb. I, I, I was a huge fan of news radio. And, you know, then, of course, watched some Fear Factor. And, you know, then started listening to the Joe Rogan experience. Then, you know, getting into fighting. So now it's, it's almost like he's influenced me in so many different aspects of my life. Plus seeing how he's gone from, you know, nothing to this amazing thing and just his views. I found them to be very beneficial. So it's almost like a... I want to call him a teacher. His his show is a it's it's a very teaching show. Yeah, but not teaching in a in a teaching way. It's teaching in an example way, right? Like he kind of does. He 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 walks the walk, right? And uh, he's a smart guy, and he can have great conversations with people. So it's it's inspiring, you know. He's he's helping a lot of people. He says things all the time, like the powerful person or the great this, and he always talks positively. And one of the things that I've really liked about that is is I do this with people too, is I'll always say the positives. And the people will contradict you on things. But I'll go, listen, I'm not saying it for your benefit. I'm saying it as much for my benefit. It's almost like a verbal mantra. You know, when you say the positive things all the time, they kind of – so when I'm listening to the podcast, you're right. He is so positive. But it's almost like a mantra because not only getting the the cool information and the the fun people and the learning, but you're getting that – it's it's almost like a a positive hypnosis, you know, that – that that reaffirmation of those positive things, you know, the idea that if you go, man, I'm a fucking shithead, well, you're probably going to be a shithead if you say it enough times. I totally agree with that. So yeah. So how long have you been doing the podcast now, Graham? It is coming on uh, three years, hard to believe, but yeah, it's coming up to three, three in a couple months. Actually, three, it, three in less than two months. Yeah. Do you think it's uh, – are you liking the direction that you're starting to go with the guests now, starting to pull in some of the, the bigger ones quicker? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's going good. I mean, like I said, it's just a challenge scheduling them and, and you know, you're always reaching out to a whole bunch of people and then having to pull them in and schedule them. And so it's it's always a bit of work, but I'm pretty happy with who we've got and I'm pretty happy with a long list of people that – that we want like it's it's crazy how it just it just never ends like only doing it once a week there's really not enough time to talk to everybody you want to talk to so um and we get people some of our best guests have been suggested by listeners so you know well let me ask you this what what restricts you from releasing more than an episode a week say recording two or three people a night yeah just time time like we don't we don't want to we don't want to also compromise what, I don't know if quality is even the right word, but compromise what we have for more content. But, I mean, it's definitely tempting. We've been talking about that, but, I mean, Darren's got a family, too, and, you know, like, well, we, we already spend quite a bit of time on one episode a week. Gotcha. But we, yeah, so but it's, it's, it's just tempting. it's just the, so it's the in-studio talking time, because you're in there for talking for an hour and a half, two hours at a time. No, it's, it's more of the, uh, all the... Uh, I think it's more of all the rest of the time, the editing, the show notes, the research, the uh, the scheduling. It's probably all that other stuff. Yeah, gotcha. we, we've definitely talked about like doing a Saturday where we record a bunch. Like, 
Well, because I'm thinking, like, because the recording and the talking isn't that big of a deal. It's the prepping and the content for the person. But let's say, you know what would be cool for you guys? And and, and I'm because you know how you like have like red pill on every once in a while or, you know, just to to sit by and, you know, join the conversation or somebody, you know, that's a semi regular, you know, you could do that with a guest if they just wanted to talk and have fun. Like if there's somebody that you would actually like a Nick Redfern or something where you would actually give them a buzz every few months and talk to them, maybe just give them a buzz and talk to them on the show. But, you know, Adam, like, hey, we're going to be in the show doing this. Can you mind if I call you afterwards and just do like what we're doing now? And then it would be that same conversation, and then if you tie into a new project or whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then there's no work, no prep, no nothing. It's just fucking talking. And then it might be enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's interesting. It still feels like – honestly, to, to be honest with you, it still feels daunting sometimes having these conversations yeah. as well because like I'm, I've never really been one to – be able to articulate stuff the way I would like to and and doing the show like having the guest is is very helpful because I can sort of lean on on the guest and have a conversation with them but it's not up to me to carry it like even doing this with you is a bit more of a challenge for me because I have to talk more than I normally would gotcha but it's getting better I think it's getting I'm getting more comfortable have you and I'm not being critical here one thing I, I really like about – it's really cool about the show is that there's so much interaction between the uh, the fans and the show. So, I mean, you can pretty much get a hold of, you know, Grimerica through Twitter within like an hour or two, you know, yeah. or Facebook for things, which is pretty cool. But one of the things that I – like whenever I – I'm always, I feel like I'm always talking to Darren on like the Twitters or the tweets or the Facebooks and like – I'd really like I, I I'd like to have more of a direct line of communication to you is like have you thought about like opening like a separate like Twitter account or something just to I thought or is that like something that you don't want to add into your life? Well, you I mean, know? I here's what I've got going on right now. I've got the people email me, right? So I'm I'm in contact with the listeners through email more than Darren, right? Right. So that's kind of and I know that's like 90s, but well, no, it's it, no, and it, it, what, but what it does is, and I, I guess this is weird, is so you have a certain percentage of your listeners that will always contact through email. Yeah. So they're always talking to Graham. And, and then you have Twitter, another half yeah. that's always talking to Darren, to yeah. Darren yeah. which isn't a problem. I mean, I fucking love Darren. I fucking love you. It's just one of those weird things. It's like when I think of conversations that I've actually had with you, I think of the Paradigm Symposium and today. Yeah, right. You know, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. like I, like I can't think of anything. Like, maybe he's read me on Twitter in a couple of texts, but yeah, I, but, I follow the Twitter. I follow it, but I and I sometimes interact with it just on on the Grimerica account. But what I've been thinking about doing is maybe starting up a uh, uh, Instagram or something like that. But I mean, again, it just comes down to time. Like, it's it's just like it's um yeah, it's trying to balance. I that. don't know how much of my uh oh. Digital raccoon is back. Yeah. The blind guy next door is dialing out again. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's like I, I don't know how much of my uh, free, let's say free time, which is you know I can sacrifice for the show, right? Yeah. Well, you know what you know what the true answer is. Just do whatever you got to do and uh, make it so that it's what you're doing full time. 
Because honestly, if you uh, if you were doing the pol- the podcast full time as not even a job, just what you do, shit, man, you'd have time to do all that, and it'd be fun. Yeah, that would be yeah, that would be quite a difference. Uh, yeah, working you know fifty hours a week kind of throws a, a kink into it. And with Darren, yeah, <laughs> fifty hours a week, another you know ten in the studio or whatever you guys do. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's gonna it's we're on a pretty good roll here, and I think it'll keep going. You know, I got some guests that I really want to talk to that are gonna come on. And uh, oh, hey, how would how would I go about finding out what your future guests are? Because I I, I found out about a couple of guests like um, uh, Lynn McTaggart and um, oh the Walrus Whisperer. I forget what his name is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you've probably got really other exciting people and I'd like to be able to just like either send questions over or suggestions for things to talk about. Um, but I just didn't know what, if there'd be a good place to kind of get an updated list of, of people that you'd anticipated on coming on. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's funny you mentioned Lynn McTaggart cause that's who I was thinking of when I said the people that I really wanted to have on. Cause I remember, oh. I remember her from years and years ago and just reading her books and just pretty, pretty mind blowing awesome. stuff. Yeah. That, I asked Darren, Darren uh, uh, asked or said I could come on maybe and uh, talk with her. Cause I've, I read the field. Yeah. That's the book I was talking about that changed. I say changed my life. I, I, I tuned into coast to coast AM getting, you know, that, that, you know, quarter good three quarter bullshit. And, uh, really, really, you know, ate it all up and then read her book. And that's what really just sent me in another direction. Yeah, man. The field did that to me too. Yeah. yeah that great, was probably, that was probably like nine, eight or nine years, years ago. I read that maybe eight years ago. Yeah. I think I read it like five years ago. And, um, so we used to have a backstage because we had, we were doing live shows for a while. So I would keep up to date with like, who's coming. Yeah, I haunted that area. I checked it like, like every other day. Oh, so yeah, maybe we need to do something like that again. Yeah, that's easy enough to do. I mean, we're trying to keep a consolidated calendar in our phones for, for guests. So, I mean, that's something we could probably publish. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't want to sound elitist here, but even if it's just, you know, uh, on a, on a, uh, a portal, that's not even, you know, uh, visible on the page or not even hidden, just, you know, just for, you know, regular people that like regulars that are really interested in contributing to the show. Yeah, exactly. Cause it all, it's always good to have questions from the listeners. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like with Lynn, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to reread her book now that I know she's going to be on your show so that I can actually be brushed up and submit more, you know, just because, God, she's so fucking awesome. Well, the thing is, she's not coming on now till uh, next... Uh, yeah, it's another month. Yeah, No, no, no. It's like January now. She's coming oh, wow. On. She's going to... She's going to... Her. She's releasing another book. Oh, and sweet. And she's going to come on after that. So, Or or more, for, more so for that one. So it's going to be a while. Good. I have time to read it then. That's the thing is... is uh, I'd like to try and catch people that aren't uh, in the podcast circuit as well, right? Like, it's hard to get really... It's hard to get really popular, famous people to come on... Unless you're like a JRE, um, but you know, and I and I don't want to just get on people that I'm I'm interested in their work, but I've heard them a million times already. Like I just don't, you know, I don't want to, you know. Well, think well, think about this. I mean, you know, good close friends, you know, a Randall Carlson, you know, fuck, I, I bet you if you were to give him a call out of the blue and be like, dude, you want to, you know, grab, you know, sit down with some whiskey and you know, or whatever, you know, your your drink of choices, I'll you know grab a tea and chatted up i'm sure he'd do something like that you know not even yeah. like on your newest book on the newest research like dude what's going on in your life yeah what you have for dinner last night yeah dude 
yeah, you know, Carlson only eats sushi. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's cool. That's what I had for dinner tonight. It was delicious. Really? Oh, I love sushi. I Low just got into it. That's right. Hmm. How does fish fit into the ketonic diet? Oh, perfectly fine. It's uh, proteins. I do know that on uh, the ketogenic diet, you should be doing more fat, so uh, fattier meats are generally considered preferable. How about bacon? I've been meaning to ask you about that. Yeah, ba- bacon's perfectly fine. The, and honestly, the, the danger in bacon is the, the nitrates. So if you get yourself a naturally cured bacon, then you're you're in good shape. And how do you find the grass-fed butter? Because I, I, I had to find ghee. I think I found ghee at a health food store. So I order from this group yeah. online. Yeah. They deliver to my door. And one of the things that they do is they will deliver, like, I haven't done the raw milk yet, but I have raw butter. But it's uh, for pet consumption only, so it's not human consumption. The butter? That's uh, the, the butter. Really? Well, I mean, that's how they label it to sell it. So it's got a picture of somebody churning a crock on the front of it, just labeled for pet consumption only. Because it's illegal to sell for human consumption. Huh. So, yeah, I, it might not be that way in Canada, but they've outlawed raw milk in the vast majority of the United States. So the so the butter that I buy, like butter sticks or whatever, is probably not um, – like is there a big difference between grass-fed butter and, and just the normal butter you would buy? Significantly, and it's it, – I yeah, it has to do with the fat profile. The fat profile is much more easily used by your brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a much better fat profile. So yeah, when it – from from what I've heard, when it comes to actually ingesting of fats, you're much better with grass-fed fats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's harder to find. Yeah, yeah but look around because I mean I'm getting uh I'm getting um really really lean, really fresh um all grass-fed beef for nine dollars a pound mm. delivered to my door. So I mean that's I think I can go to the local supermarket and pick up you know meat on sale for five ninety nine a pound. And it's brown in the middle. Hmm. I've, yeah. been, I've been buying this certified humane stuff at the grocery store, at least trying to get some sort of better quality meat. Yeah, yeah, you will. I don't see. I'm not familiar with Canada and what kind of options you guys have in the the natural foods. Yeah. You're, you're in fucking Alberta. You should just be able to go outside and pick something or shoot it, right? I know exactly. Triple A cows. Have you uh, have you ever thought of going in like uh, shooting like uh, a moose or something? No, I don't. Whatever. I don't. Uh, no, I'm. I, I struggle enough eating meat at all. Actually, I, I I was a pescatarian for a while. He has considered shooting Bigfoot, though. <laughs> no, I have him. not considered shooting Bigfoot. <laughs> I would fucking take a bullet for the guy. I know you would, Graham. I know you would. It, it would be from Darren. You realize that <laughs> oh, Darren yeah. would fucking shoot you anyways. He'd just be like, "I'm shooting twice now." <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's that's just a fucking. He's putting all that shit on. I don't think he would really shoot Bigfoot. I think by when Bigfoot looks Darren in the eye with those fucking lovey-dovey eyes, I don't think Darren could pull the trigger. See, it's not that he that he wouldn't; it's that he couldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd just be frozen. So that's what uh, Tom Powell said in his book is that oh. he's like, "Oh, you want to go hunt Bigfoot? Good luck to you. You won't be able yeah. to do it." Yeah. So yeah, but I I I was I 
I've been seriously considering, you know, no meat as well, just fish. So then that makes it even tougher if, if you're going on to the ketonic type diet. Now, is is your is your stance from an ethical standpoint or is it from a dietary standpoint? It's more of a spiritual standpoint. Okay. Like levels of consciousness kind of thing. Like, I will throw something out that I can't believe. And I'm going to fucking always talk about the JRE, but it's something I didn't realize is that I'd, I'd always assumed that uh, uh, agricultural farming meant that there was no animals injured. But when you do big agro farming and you have these giant, um, uh, I don't know what you call them, the things that you know just plow down the crops, any fawns, any deers, any ground nesting birds, any animals, insects, lizards, you know, you know, cubs, foxes, they get caught up in those combines and just shredded. So it's almost it's like wow. So when you consider that you still are, it's not participating, but there is. There is animal casual. It, it just it, I never considered that there could be that moral uh, uh, ethic on top of already the uh, the killing of the plant. What are, what are you talking about for for just uh, farming like plant like wheat and stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, if you like had those combines that come through and they're milling wheat, any animals that are in that field would be a fair game for the machine if they don't get out of the way. Yeah, anymore. right, right. And that, and that happens. It's a, it's a common thing. So, so does that get does that animal shit get in your wheat as well? So you know, are these vegans I, actually really just eating meat, but they don't know it. So I'll give you a statistic that I remember from back in the day that you're allowed a certain amount of uh, contaminants in certain products. So they would a- allow an average of like I think fourteen, um, uh. Like, uh, what am I saying, crickets in a bag of flour. They would allow, like, 14 cricket-like parts in a bag of flour. You could have something like the equivalent of seven maggots per can of, like, tomato soup. <laughs> there's there's actually an acceptable amount of, like, uh, of like uh, rodent meat that can make its way into hot dogs. Fuck, eh? So, I mean, yeah, and, and gosh, you know what the big fucking one? This came out a few years ago. Um, dye, red dye that they use for uh, for foods. One of them is derived from the shell of a beetle. So for fucking like decades, uh, vegans and veg- or vegetarians were eating, you know, foods that were dyed with red dyes, not realizing that they were eating crushed insects. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's scary. So yeah, I don't know. Meat, fish, maybe I'll just. Uh, I like I like the idea that just cut back and uh, you know. Do it two well, or three nights a week. And here's the thing. Even if you're cutting back, you you can still train your body to go into a ketogenic state. You just won't stay in it all the time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd like to try and go for it all the time, but it's just uh, – it seems difficult to prep everything well, for that. You'll figure it out because if, yeah. you're, if you're constant – the hardest part is that sugar is so fucking addicting. So you're already cutting yourself way back. That's the biggest part of the battle. Yeah. Yeah. As long as people don't bring donuts into the office, I'm okay. Or just like fucking oh. just leave. Oh, we get donuts every Friday. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I used to love them. I used to love Fridays. It was well, donut day. Well, you know what's interesting about about listening to people like Rhonda Patrick or like real scientists that probably have more of a balanced life than than people like myself. I mean, I try. But, um, you know, she was talking about ibuprofen use. 
And oh, yeah. we're talking about chronic, what chronic use is, right? And I mean, when I think of chronic, you know what I think of, like, daily use of something, right? Like smoking weed every day or chronic, chronic as in daily. But, I mean, even she was saying that women using ibuprofen for their menstrual cycles monthly is chronic use. And, you know, so, so Justin's donut eating every Friday is fucking chronic. Well, yeah, it is if if you consider that you have, you know, sugar, which is, you know, a poison to your body and causes insulin dumps and things like that. Yeah. But at the same time, your body's pretty resilient and can recover. So I think some of the things, and I guess everything affects your hormones, but some of the really scary things about, like, uh, ibuprofen and those other um, NSAIDs is that there's something in, um, like, ibuprofen that can actually cause something else in your gut and I forget what it is. It blocks something else that can cause your gut to actually perforate and start leaking fecal material into your bloodstream Yeah. on the, on the microscopic scale. So you have all these really weird fucking effects that these drugs are, you know, yeah, it's, it's turning off that pain receptor, but that pain receptor is attached to other things that we don't quite understand in the body. Yeah. Scary shit, man. Totally. Do you, uh, do you use, do you use ibuprofen for things? Uh, rarely. I mean, sometimes, okay. yeah. I was going to suggest using uh, turmeric. Yeah, I have. I, I found use that, that to be incredibly I, beneficial. I, I sometimes put that in smoothies and stuff. Trifala and turmeric. I never thought about putting it in a smoothie. I figured that wouldn't taste too good, but. Yeah, it's not too bad. And I have Ormus greens. I try using that a little bit and some frozen fruit. And... What, do you, what do you blend up your uh, smoothies with? The machine, like just yeah. a little bullet bullet machine. It's like okay, it's like do... a cup. You just flip it upside down and put it on the blender, and then and then that becomes your cup. It's pretty cool. I just picked one of those up last night. A uh, a uh, Nutra Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Does your little bullet do kale, or do you not do kale? Yeah, sometimes, but I don't know. Kale sucks. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm working myself up to doing the. Uh, my my equivalent of a Hulk load here Fuck. tomorrow morning. Kale can just ruin smoothies. Mm. I think well for me vegetables just ruin things anyways. I've yeah. never been a vegetable fan, so yeah, that must I, be. I'm at least I'm looking forward to the fact that I know I'm going to start enjoying vegetables at some point, but ugh, ain't the best right now. Yeah, so Justin, what's up? Uh, Anything you want to talk about? Anything going on in your life or your mind that uh, you want to plow through our minds? Now the biggest thing is that diet. That's uh, the most recent. I'm pretty stoked about that um, because, yeah, it's, I've, I've always been on the chubby side, I believe. And I recently was looking at some of uh, older pictures of myself. And you know what? I was pretty skinny. But I always had the the little chubby boy mentality, I guess, because I I never remember being that skinny. Um, but come uh come you know it's it's starting to get warmer at least down here today. We had a record high of eighty four for this time of year. Um, oh wow! Oh yeah, it's where where are you out of? Central Washington, Wenatchee. Oh. It's uh it's like ten miles from the geographical center of the state. Nice. Um. But uh, I'll go down here to uh, one of the local hotspots. It's uh, 
It's about 45 minutes out of where I live, and it's uh, like a little bar on the Columbia River. It's it's a sandbar, um, and uh, the guy I used to work for, and occasionally I still do, uh, owns a bar out there, and I'll go out there and I'll bar it back um, during three-day weekends and big weekends and make nice money, like really good money, because it's, it's just a bunch of rich people who just want to give out money for alcohol. And they tip real well. So I was trying to lose, trying to get down, you know, my weight before I head out there for the first 30 weekend. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty well on my goal, so I'm excited about that. It is uh, it is getting warmer, though, so it's, it's getting to be hiking season and therefore squatching season. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to start hitting these spring trails that are opening up. Have you ever gone squatching before? I go hiking all the time. Uh, I never consider it squatching, but I always have my eyes out. Uh, <laughs> not, 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 not. Oh, don't I? I, I don't go specifically to to find it, but I'm I'm always looking for weird hair that's higher up than it should be, or you know, large tracks, or you know. Do you carry anything. with you a plaster kit and a little evidence bag? Um. I used to, for a short period, um, I was looking up uh, not that long ago, maybe last month, just to get, you know, a nice, light, portable plaster kit and maybe some evidence bags just to be have careful. on you, hand. You might manifest something right before a rainstorm and just be killing yourself. Yeah, yeah, that would be my luck. Um, I, I do always carry a tape measure with me in case I need to photograph uh attracts so well if you need to do that a nice tip is you can just carry a dollar bill because you can always use a dollar bill of scale yeah that's true that's true um but i i i just uh took one of them yeah that's pretty well it's good for for figuring out for yourself too yeah because then you can scale things out walk measure yeah um so far though nothing and you know i'm not saying i'm in the heart of uh, Bigfoot country. That's more on the other side of the, of the mountains here. But, uh, there, there are plentiful reports. Um, a couple years ago, there was one just on the edge of my town. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love getting out to the doors, love, love getting out here in, in the Alpine mountains and, uh, it's just gorgeous out here. Yeah. I, well, I guess we have skunk apes here, but I don't really live in any uh, areas of forest. I'm a, a city dweller, so. <laughs> I'm in the foothills of, of the Cascades. Um, it, it's it's I'm right in between forested because we live in a valley, um, and it's it's forested. You know, ten minutes from here, and it's desert ten minutes the opposite way. Wow. Uh, that's. That's that's the diversity of, of the Washington geographical landscape, and if you go over further to the coast, then you know it's um, uh, rainforest, and yeah, you go east on this side of the mountains, and it, it can get to desert, and in between you have you know sparse forests, you have uh, agriculture, wheat fields, orchards, a plenty, and yeah, I mean it, it has everything here. It's I. Drive across country, not the, or not across country, across state, not that long ago, going from one side to the other, and it's just like you, you go through e- everything that you can think of. It's I love my state. What can I say? 
So, what's your view on squatches? See, my 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 coworkers. <laughs> I'm, I'm known as the Bigfoot guy, and <laughs> and I, I have a coworker in particular who tries to always give me give me shit about it, and. Oh, you know, because he's not the brightest guy, so that's kind of always what he falls back on, you know, is, well, at least I don't believe in Bigfoot. And I have to remind him all the time, I never claim to believe in Bigfoot. I find it fascinating that hundreds of people yearly for centuries since, you know, since European settlers have come to... Uh, at least out far here to the Pacific Northwest, but along the trail, people have, you know, the, the natives have have had these stories of these wild men. You know, I find it fascinating that that even up until present, people still see something in the forest. Well, even if they don't see something, something is going on to make them perceive that they are. And you know, I'm I'm jumping out on a, a, a limb here. Did you listen to Kevin Rose on the latest JRE? I, I have never listened to an episode <clears throat> of JRE. Well, he mentioned on this latest episode um, this doctor that has Morgellons disease. Mm-hmm. You familiar with that? I am. Okay, well, and his idea was that, like, look, the CDC tried to do a bunch of testing. A lot of people tried to do a bunch of testing, and they keep coming back with the fact that all these fibers are plastic, and they're, they're just bits of, you know pieces of carpet and fuzz but this doctor has Morgellons disease himself and he tested himself and he also found out that he has Lyme disease or had Lyme disease and so he goes and tested all these other people and found out that the vast majority of people that have Morgellons disease have Lyme disease so he's postulating that there's also this that there's some sort of mental effect that this that Lyme disease has on you that it causes you to start seeing reality warped where a fiber on your skin seems like it's coming out. So now, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, the Bigfoot thing could be that way, but, man, that would be interesting if it was, you know, some sort of, you know, additional uh, uh, biological-induced psychosis. That's intriguing. Maybe, Bigfoot's just a tulpa, man. That's all he is. Fuck yeah. Well, you know what we talked about might have been on one of the first podcasts, Red and I, was the um, the idea that a boar, you know, like when a pig goes into the forest after a month or two, it turns into a boar, you know, snout gets big, tusk comes out, thick fur gets mean, angry, you know, fucking bite your ankle off. Oh, yeah. it, turns, it turns into a whole different animal. Well, what about the idea that's epigenetic, you know, it's environment changes genetics. Maybe there's something about humans that if certain people with certain genetics go out into the wood, they become a Bigfoot. A werefoot. A werefoot. <laughs> I like it. A were-squatch. Were-squatch. Well, yeah, I, I have a new paper oh, cryptid sh- now. Oh, fuck no, because now you have to shoot were-squatch, and you got to do it with a silver bullet. Darren's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what if, after you shoot it, it goes back to human form, and it's Graham. And now we know why <laughs> oh, he, does, he wants oh. to save Sasquatch, because he is secretly a were-squatch. We and Darren's going to call one of us in the middle of the night trying to explain the help to need to bury a body. <laughs> he said, hey, aren't you a friend to know? Aren't you a friend to know? You That's better right. come out and bury a body. You're my friend. I, I agree with Justin about the <clears throat> about the witness sightings, right? The eyewitness sightings. Like, what? 
you know, if it was just a couple cases, then yeah, you know, who knows? But I mean, the the amount of people, like let's say UFOs and Sasquatch, for sure, they seem to be the two most. I mean, ghosts are up there as well, but just for those two, the amount of people seeing something, and I'm not saying I know what the answer is, or I even even care to be honest with you. There's something something going on that they're seeing, whether it's a real Sasquatch or something like you, you, Justin mentioned. There is a phenomenon. Um, there's a phenomenon there that can't be ignored because of that, like that um, totality of anecdotal evidence. It's, and, it, it's, and it's, it's frustrating that the skeptics still just poo-poo the whole thing and ridicule and all that. It's like I just feel like they're missing out on the biggest piece. Like it's it deserves acknowledgement and acceptance at least. Yeah, we're getting there though because. Just look at where the sciences are go. The more that they they start, you know, going to the fringes, they're coming back to consciousness. The observer effect, you know. Uh, eventually, we're going to have to conquer it. It's, it's going to be right there. It's going to be the last science that we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh well, fuck! What else was I going to say about that? Mm. That you're secretly wear squatch. No. Yeah. It was before that. <laughs> Do you think PETA would get really pissed off if not only I shot a Sasquatch, but I made, like, a fur coat out of it? I think that would de- depend on the DNA evidence after you shot it. If it came back <laughs> more hominin or more ape. Well, in that, you know, that's the thing that we... Like, what if there was an epigenetic thing, and when you walked up on it, it looked really fucking human, and if you did do a DNA test, what if it came back as human? Well, that's what a lot of, of the reports of hunters who have... have a Sasquatch supposedly in their sights. Oh, NSA is listening to Bally again. You hear it? Oh, good. But that when when they stare at them through their sights, then they get a real good close look at their face, and they always say it's too human to shoot. And they they might even think that it is a human, and then it'll do something that you know a human isn't capable of, you know, yeah, leaps yeah. or bounds, yeah. you know, its stride is, isn't what a human would be. Yeah. Or it disappears. Or it disappears. Yeah, there, there are a lot of reports of it just vanishing or the tracks just vanishing out of nowhere. See, there, there, there's something going on, and it can't all be hoaxes. It no. can't all be misidentifications. It's yep. not all mangy bears. Exactly. And even if there's just 1%, if there's 0.1% of those stories that isn't anything else and it is a Sasquatch, then there is a Sasquatch. It's a real thing. I'm not saying there is. I'm saying I find it fascinating. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, let's just look at the evidence. Let, let's look at what the Native Americans talk about, all of them, the hundreds of words you know, for Sasquatch or Bigfoot. You know, plus you have all the sightings, plus you have all the canyons that have been named after, you know, uh, Ape, Ape Valley, Ape Creek, you know, Monkey River, all these different things. You know, plus you have forensic evidence, you know, albeit uh, a shoestring, you know, that's been discovered. I mean, these things all to me are not, they're indicative of there being, you know, something to this ape motif and or creature. I don't see how any of that stuff would manifest and come to fruition without there being a core reality to it all. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good point. Agreed. And, um, 
You know, I mean, it could be something as simple as, uh, even if it, if it's not, and this is just, you know, this could have added to it, but just as um, people in ancient times when they found dinosaur bones and they had to come up with an explanation for them, they became, these, these dinosaurs became dragons, huge mm-hmm. reptiles, you know, shaped, you know. It, it could be along the same lines, not so much maybe ape, maybe with giants that that seem to dominate burial mounds across northern America. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, and, and, I never thought about that, but that makes sense. Um, and that's, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I just came to me. I'm staring at a huge no, picture I like of a that. dragon right now, so <laughs> I thought of that, but... What do you do? You think that there, or what do you think, if any evidence or reasoning there would be for the government to want to conceal a Sasquatch? Because I'm thinking in the lines of like David Polites and things going missing and military being involved. Do you do you think that there could be a a small flourishing community that's protected? Well, I think that would probably be the same reason on why that they're not disclosing what if any, or what they know about UFOs is they don't have the power to do anything about it. And maybe they've tried. Maybe they've sent search parties in. They can't find them or they don't come back or whatever reason that they're powerless to do anything about what's happening. And, and maybe that's why uh, you talked about David Pilates his missing 401 that maybe that's why we don't keep records the forest service doesn't keep records of people who go missing in our forests because they can't do anything about it and so to save face and to not cause you know public panic this gets swept under the rug and we deny it that's interesting I'm just thinking about that as in all phenomenon that there that, that there's always questions and never answers. Hmm. Oh no, I've been watching a lot of X Files lately. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> new or rewatching? Well, I just see, start the, uh... here's the thing: I haven't watched any of the new ones because before it came out, I had already started rewatching all the old ones. And, Good for you. And I don't want to get there yet. Yeah, before. don't because they re-explore stuff. Well, well, and and like I didn't always have you know, you know, I mostly didn't have cable growing up. You know, we weren't the richest family to say the least. So a lot of these I haven't seen, and a lot of them I I remember as a child. You know, those lucky nights I was able to stay at my grandma's and she had cable. So wow, I was um, lucky. We had over-the-air Fox broadcasts, so I was always able to pick it up weekly. We did too, but I had. Six siblings, so oh, yeah. my chances of getting the TV. I'm the oldest boy, but I was a, I was a nice older brother. So yeah, that was before everybody could have a TV. That's right. Before you could go pick them up for ten dollars at you know a garage sale. Oh yeah. <clears throat> What'd you think of the new ones, Adam? Without without uh, ruining it for Justin. Or oh really? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I really found it interesting how they did the whole kind of um, Alex Jones uh, yeah. uh, flavor to it. That was really interesting. And I know uh, Darren didn't like the, the episode with the Lizard Man, but that was personally my favorite episode. Um, and without ruining it, I loved it so much because when you watch the story, it develops in one way, 
but it really turns out to be like flip-flopped opposite of everything you thought was going on, and they tie it up into one of their very larky goof episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, it has it has nothing to do with the seasons, has nothing to do with, you know, any of the, the real storyline. It's just fucking, you know, Mulder trying to use a smartphone app, and <laughs> yeah. it's really yeah. funny. So I I loved it, yeah. And as far as the show goes, man, every other episode, they fucking nailed it start to finish. So... Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to get there. Yeah. And how's this? I'm so excited that as soon as I finished it up, I restarted rewatching the episodes again. So I'm now, yeah, I think season two, episode four. <sighs> so. Yeah, I'm not going as fast. Uh, cause even though I'm a adult now with a well-paid job, I have children. And, yeah. <laughs> and so my, uh, Especially for, you know, a 45-minute show like X-Files, I might be able to get an episode in before it's it's kids' shows. Or even if they walk in, it's like, oh, this is kind of scary. Maybe you shouldn't be watching. I guess I'll turn it off. And here's the TV, kids. So yeah, I'm yeah. only on season – I'm at the end of season four. I've got a couple episodes left, and I've been watching them for a while. But Or you start indoctrinating your children and make them Uber fans. Yeah, no, that that will happen, but just a little bit older. My uh, ter- terrible fun story, my, my cousin Ryan, you, well, you've heard the music since you've listened to the podcast. He does uh, Arcade High, yeah. the band, and um, his parents, my God, I, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to go see our movies. I wasn't allowed to go to these, see these things, but he's like eight or nine years old, and he's going to see you know R-rated movies with his dad. But let me tell you, he is an incredibly talented filmmaker and musician, and all of his musical likes from growing up were heavily influenced because I remember one time we were pro- he was probably nine or ten, and I ha- we were up in Pennsylvania. We went out to rent movies, and so I rented the, my two favorite movies at the time, which were Alien and The Thing, nice. and both of those movies scared the living shit out of him. <laughs> Having said that, two of his favorite movies today, Alien and The Thing. <laughs> So I always kind of look at that going, yeah, I, it's so hard to tell what's going to influence kids because, you know, he sure as hell, you know, halfway enjoyed it and was scared shitless hiding, but fuck. <laughs> and if he listens to this, he'll be pissed. <laughs> yeah, Justin, so, um, so how did you come across Grimerica, like these Grimerica guys? Uh, you know, I want to say it was the Grayling Report. And I came across the Grayling Report via Mysterious Universe, as most everyone, everyone's pod, paranormal podcast journey usually starts at Mysterious Universe. <laughs> um, and I, I forget what, I think it was the 2012 End of the World episode with that they did with uh, the Grayling gang. And from there, uh, it was, yeah, Grand America. It was shortly after the first Paradigm Symposium. And so I, I started listening when you guys maybe had six episodes. Um, wow, yeah. And it was really easy to to, to just stay caught up. And I, I just liked, I, lo- I still do, I, I love Grand America because the guests that you have on aren't always necessarily someone I would think, you know, offhandly, like, oh, that sounds interesting. I might like that. 
But but I end up always liking ninety nine percent of the time liking the guests that you have on and it's just another avenue for me to explore. So even if I don't it doesn't sound like something I would initially be into. I always mm-hmm. listen. I listen to every episode. And I I I want to double up on that because like Superman was one of my favorite episodes you guys did. Oh, yeah. oh. that was a great one. Easily, and what does that come from? Because Darren liked the guy's music, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I that that was awesome episode, man. Yeah, it is fun to just stumble across some people and just have them on, and, and that's part of that's part of the fun about the whole thing. I hear you're having Greg, Greg Bishop on maybe too soon. Yeah, yeah, we had him on already. Yeah. Oh, you did? How did that yeah. go? Yeah, I'm, was, ex- I'm was, excited to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I, I had. I just found out about him. Yeah, I've been going back and forth with this skeptical guy. So I read some of his email and read and Red was on as well, and we talked about it. It was pretty cool. You had a skeptical guy, a skeptical guy on? No, he's been emailing me back and forth. Are you are you arguing with him? Uh, via cyberspace yeah kind of you know it's funny we're, very, we're just, very respectful we're very respectful and stuff to each other but it's been well that, it's that's been how on. a good critically thinking minded people should argue is yeah. respectfully it's just we're so um, far apart yeah uh, I randomly came across a story by Greg Bishop in, in a book just the other day really yeah I haven't read it yet I was just skimming through the chapters uh one of our local bookstores was having a clearance sale and I just loaded up on some paranormal books and uh, I think this one was like Weird US or something like that and uh, yeah it was just a random story in, in the book by Greg Bishop I was like hey I need to read that yeah, yeah he seems like a really cool dude I, I really like where his I, his mind's coming from of you know that just because something's bullshit or made up or you might not understand the validity of the story, you know, it's how does your understanding of that story or reading of it influence, you know, the perceptions and the ideas that you might have, that that's what's really important. You know, it, it's, it's not necessarily the content, but it's the, uh, uh, the new ways of thinking that you can glean from reading the content. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It really resonated with me, his stuff. Yeah, it's similar in the idea that, you know, if you have a hallucinogenic experience and you think you see God, does it matter if it's God or not? Because it seemed like it was real. Yeah, exactly. Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan talks like that sometimes, you know. He, he mentions yeah. that. It's like he, when he's in his non-sort of judgmental state, he's like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter if that, you know, if it was or not. They thought it was. Yeah, I think that judgmental part of him is just his his uh, uh, comedian side. That's yeah. I was thinking that today actually. Because when you listen to him, he'll he'll go back and like go, listen, people. I don't mean that I want to beat little children. I'm just joking because it's yeah. funny. So I think he does that. I mean, look, anybody that becomes a comedian has a very big problem with look at me, look at me, give me attention. So I mean, I don't mean that it's a big problem. It's just part of who the yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. what you do. So I mean, that's fucking what he does. Yeah, that's how I, I look at. It. I always put that with a grain of salt. I have um, almost downloaded on multiple times the Joe Rogan experience, and I'm not sure exactly why I'm holding back. Yeah, I think maybe it's because my iTunes library for podcasts is so huge right now. Yeah, and really, there's only yeah two or three podcasts 
that I stay caught up caught up on and then I have to binge listen to you know eight episodes on you know two speed just to get caught up and, wow. and a couple can, of those I pay for so can you listen at work um I do but I before I was able to to stay caught up on like six or seven no problem and that was when I was allowed to wear headphones and I do operate heavy machinery and mm-hmm. it's in relative proximity to other people and also heavy machinery and other people were just walking around so the rule used to be i could have one earbud in and you know everyone could just have one earbud in if they chose right and then it just changed to no headphones so now i have a bluetooth speaker that i just stick up in my forklift i have a enclosed cab that can take the doors off i'm going to take that off here probably tomorrow um or maybe Monday because it is just too hot to have those on. It's nice in the winter time because I got a heater in there too, but uh, it's too hot right now. So I'll take those off. But it's it's a glass cab on my forklift, which is nice. They're newer models, and so I can just suction. It's it's a suction Bluetooth. It's for like pull side. Oh, I can cool. just suction it up. Stick in it there. to the window. Yeah, just stick it up on on my top ceiling because I got windows on on my the top of my uh, forklift, so I can you know stack stuff. And so I can just stuck it right there, and it's like right next to my head. It's, you know, really good quality, loud. I can, it's Bluetooth, and I can also use it to talk if I have to. And there's buttons on it, which makes it really easy. Instead of digging through my pocket on my phone, I can just press the buttons on the speaker itself. So I was, it's, it's nice. I just, the problem is, since I don't have it in my ear, every time I get off my lift, I have to pause it and then, you know, go do whatever I'm doing. As when before, my headphone was in my ear. The eight hours I was at work, and I was just constantly yeah. listening to podcasts. So I, I've fallen behind. Um, well, not that I want to tell you how to cheat, but they do make things that you can put around your neck that like transmit like sound through your jawbones or things, so you can hear without having earbuds in. That's so weird. I just heard about this today, maybe a couple hours, maybe an hour before we started this conversation. Synchronicity. Indeed. I was listening to an episode of Serious Universe, and they were talking about, what is it called? Um, oh, they were just talking about, I forget what it's yeah, called. Yeah, but you can get those, so you could technically be listening without having anything in your ears, and it wouldn't obstruct you from hearing sounds around you. That would be awesome. I wonder how much one of those goes for... Yeah, see, my big thing for podcasting and listening to podcasts is uh, I do construction and, you know, remodeling. So having a pair of earbuds in for me is pretty mandatory for hearing protection anyway. So I just carry them and listen all the time. But, of course, not while I'm driving because that, my friends, is illegal. That is true. That is true. The more you know. (laughs) Because knowledge is power. (laughs) <laughs> oh, did they have those uh, up in Canada, Graham? The Jawbone ones? No, the the more you know commercials. No, no, oh, I don't know. Star I, and Rainbow. Maybe I don't know. I don't really watch commercials. You would have a famous celebrity that would come on and talk to you about something stupid, like I don't even remember. It was always a dumb PSA, yeah. and then it would be like, "The more you know." And a giant star in a rainbow. And there'd be a little jingle with it. Dun, dun, dun. No, no, I don't know. Glad I, glad I haven't heard of those. See, now I, I just heard about these up. earphones. I just heard yeah, about these. That's what I'm doing too. I'm like, he needs to see this. I, I just heard about these earphones that are going to have um, some electric 
uh, frequency to them. So they actually trigger your you trigger your brain to feel good. Like they trigger your uh, your your receptors, something like that. See what they're the talking about, mysterious sound universe. Does? Go on. I'm sorry. Oh no, Graham. The, the no, sound. I, no, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're talking about a mysterious universe. I, I I barely caught it, but they're talking about it's for sleep, and they use. Uh, it's cranial vibrations, I want to say, is what they were calling it. And and they, they use this, and it alters your mind while you sleep. It alters your brain so that you get more out of your sleep. And I forget what country is looking, but it's their equivalent of DARPA. I want to say it's like French or – I think, yeah, I it's, think French. it's French. It's French, yeah. I heard about this too. And it's their version of DARPA, and they're developing this, and the military's interested because they want to use it on on, um, on their soldiers to see if they can help them get the most out of their sleep because sometimes they they don't get their full, uh, you know, eight hours or six hours or however long they're allowed to sleep for. Hmm. That's amazing. Pot is not illegal, but magnets on the side of your brain, you know, cranial vibrations and binaural beats are totally cool. <laughs> right. Well, they were also saying I, I, it's on a, a train or a subway or something because it's so loud that they use it, and I'm not sure how they do it, um, but they use that to to let you know what stops, you know, to make announcements. So I'm not sure how it happens. I have, probably have to go back and re-listen to it. I don't want people to think, you know, they have they're just like, beaming sound waves into your cranium. But uh, it was something along those lines. You know what it could be? It might be something like in the ultrasonic frequency that's resonating with your bones. Maybe something like it's tuned into something like that. That's freaky. It's something along those lines. You know, we're getting into the freaky area with all this, like just talking about that, you know, you can have somebody sleeping and have pumping in some sort of, you know, disruptal cranial vibration you could have them hooked up to, you know, a magnetic uh, god machine on their brain, you know, and have all these different, you know, maybe laser visual stimulation, stimulation going in at the same time. We're getting into a weird thing where we're augmenting our, uh, our realities. Yeah, imagine how far they've gone in the black world. Oh, yeah. That's they've already racist. had this for 10, 15 years. Do you guys think that the uh, the government, a government or a black project, could have found a singularity long ago? Yep. Did I hear Darren? Yeah, you did. He's in here munching on popcorn. Is that That's what he's what doing? That is okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Darren, yeah, I thought Darren it was a you've already been on this podcast. You can't be on it again. <laughs> he just likes to call me racist. Well, in all fairness, it did sound a little racist. <laughs> I'm kidding, Graham. I'm kidding. I know you are. It sounded a lot racist. <laughs> so, <yeah>. Black <laughs> Lives Matter. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to do some recording here, Darren and I. That's cool, man. I'm getting, yeah, it's getting late anyway, so. Yeah, thanks for uh, staying up late. No, thanks for uh, chatting, dude. Uh, to me, I mean, this is fun, so. Yeah, I like it. I've mentioned this to, to you guys, well, you know, Darren and Graham before. 
I don't have that many friends I can talk, you know, about paranormal stuff with. I know that wasn't the, you know, the main subject of tonight's talk, but just to be able to openly talk about the possibilities of it, it's, it's always fun for me. Yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it was great, yeah. great fun for me, too, and we should do it again. Absolutely, including you, Justin. I'll keep you on the uh, the list, so... Oh, thanks, around, buddy. Uh, hang out. I'm a friend to know. Yay! Yay! All my friends oh, and, will be you know, excited just, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, because maybe you'll know just as an FYI, the, the, the naming of the Friends to Know was inspired by Reading Rainbow. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, the, the, the line, and Friends to Know and Ways to Grow, a Reading Rainbow. <laughs> The more you know. Nice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, have a wonderful evening. It was fun. And uh, Darren, thanks for the uh, popcorn munchin, probably all that digital NSA signal, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was probably him. <laughs> all right. Thanks, me? guys. Right, yeah. yeah have a good night, guys. Lots of fun. Okay. Yeah. Take Pleasure. care. Bye-bye. Right. Ciao. <laughs> The Primogen's Light Chip. Little is known about this mysterious and ancient vessel. The Light Chip is believed to be maintained by a horde of lethal biomechanical droids programmed to do their master's bidding. The vessel itself is massive and is undoubtedly well defended. Your mission objectives are as follows. Destroy three automated assembly plants. Primogen's lightship is completely self-sufficient and can supply itself with an army of biobots manufactured deep within the superstructure. In the event that the Primogen is defeated, the biobots have been programmed to exit the lightship and eradicate intelligent life from the face of the lost land as one last twisted act of revenge by the Primogen. We must destroy all of the assembly plants within the lightship. Purify the River of Souls. The waste created by the lightship's power cells is responsible for the toxins that poison the River of Souls. By reversing their polarity, the toxins will be eradicated and the River of Souls will flow pure for the first time. Tens of thousands would benefit from its clean, cool waters.
You don't. You don't even know if I'm really here, or if I'm just part of your program. <laughs>